Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And welcome to your miserable Monday Night Football Moment leader, the Sports Cage for the... um, Good group over there at Sask Lotteries, bringing communities together, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Folks, they have got to be pretty close to the most cursed fan base in professional sports, at least professional football, the New York Football Jets. Here's how it sounded when their season came to an end. Protection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. And now Rodgers sits down. A few plays into game one. He's coming out of the game. Yes, Jet fans there, man. I tell you what, Aaron Rodgers' season is over. Now, before the game, you couldn't write a... Well, you didn't want... That's a terrible ending, but... Or terrible start to the game. So Rodgers runs onto the field with the American flag in his hand. Received his first uh, first official welcome from Jets fans. He was introduced alongside Jets starters on offense by hip-hop artist and actor Method Man. Accompanied by a laser light show. Got a huge applause from the Big Apple crowd. Meth For- Man? Method Man. Method, okay. Did I say Meth Man? No, uh, no, I think you... Uh, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, four-time MVP, Super Bowl champ, acquired in April from Green Bay. Uh, they did a hard knocks. He redid his image. Everything. Oh, unreal. Unreal. And then four snaps into the game, he goes down. And that is all she wrote for the New York Jets. Um, and for the Green Bay Packers' first-round pick. That's all you care about? You don't care about Aaron Rodgers? Well, I care, but I'm, I'm a I'm a selfish Packers fan. So, I wanted my first-round pick. So is um is Aaron Rodgers going to come back, or is that it? No, I, he's not going to go out like that. You think he's going to work hard to come back at yeah. the age of 40? Yeah. And play a couple more years? Yeah. See, Tom Brady... Did so much for football. He's the GOAT, but he also is trying... What Tom Brady did was try to... What he's done is he's in, in, installed a false sense of security among aging people. They, youth, the, a lot of these guys think they can keep playing a 40, 42, 43. No, father time is undefeated. I think he's going to try. Well, I think he will try, but that's a lot of rehab for an Achilles at 39 going into 40. He should have. He'll be almost 41 when he comes back. Before he, before going to New York, he should have thought of the point that the New York Jets have a turf field. A lot of NFL players are upset about that. Yeah, his old uh, lineman, uh, David Bakhtiari. Yeah, he, he just went out, absolutely blew the whole NFL up, saying you care more about soccer players. Well, it's true. The us. World Cup is coming here in 2026, and they're removing all of the turf fields yeah. and placing grass. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that injury happens if it's on a grass field. If, and it was, if you look at it, because his foot really gets caught into the rubber pellets. I think there's more give. There's more slide to his foot if if it's on a grass field. It's one. It it's also was a wet field too. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. So you think you got to give it to uh, you got to give it to uh, Sala Robert Sala and his team of coaches. They kept. 
They kept those guys engaged. They could have collapsed, but they did not. And then this happened, Zinger. This happened, okay? It's a short punt. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. And he's going to go. Just win it. Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Yeah, he's an undrafted receiver and returner out of Stephen F. Austin, a guy Rodgers pushed for to be on the roster. So he thanked Rodgers, actually, after the game. So Aaron still had a hand in them winning, even though he didn't have a hand in them winning. He'll- that guy was also on hard knocks yeah. when he found out that he made the team. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway... Uh, yeah, what a job the Jets did yesterday. But, I, I mean, they're not going to be much more than a seven-win team unless they get some uh, reinforcements. So, what are they going to do here? Are they going to turn things over to Zach Wilson? Do they ask Tom Brady to come out of retirement? <laughs> that would be so wild. I think you got to go. I think you got to ride with Wilson at this point. I don't point. think this is a stretch. I bet you there's a phone call made to Old Man Rivers. Wow. Because he almost came back. The, the the 49ers were kicking the tires on him. The only thing is, is Rivers has got 10 kids now, and they probably don't want to move from Alabama to New York, and he's not going to leave his family behind. This is the same guy that had that SUV and drove two hours every day back to San Diego. Yeah, you got so that's Rivers. That's the only thing. You got Rivers. You got Matt Ryan. You got Joe Wentz, Flacco. Wentz. Carson Wentz. I never, you know what? That never popped Simeon. into my head. That never popped into my, that never popped into my head, actually. That's a better one, probably. I think Rivers would be the best out of all those, even though he hasn't played them all, because he's still, I think he's still got it, and he's got the football smarts, but Matt Ryan might be the guy. Matt Ryan, yeah. Matt Ryan, that's a good one. Never thought of that. Joe Flacco, he was already with the Jets. Yeah, I wouldn't sucks. call that guy No, I get though. Matt Ryan. So this is incredible. A Wisconsin bar offered free drinks if the Jets lost. After Rodgers went down, everybody was running up their tabs, and then that happened with that punt return we just played you. And this was a live report right around where the Jets won. Keep going. Another condition is Aaron Rodgers must start the game, but the rules say nothing about him having to finish it. So there's a loud roar when Rodgers leaves the game hurt in the first quarter. The fans say it's nothing personal. I mean, I'm not necessarily opposed to Rodgers, but uh, tonight I'm thinking with my wallet instead. Still, some say they'll be flying high regardless of the outcome because after Sunday's game, they're in love. I think we can work around that, especially after Jordan Love's performance yesterday. I'm not too down in the dumps after that, so. Enjoy. And the mood has changed considerably. That is because the Jets just won the game on a long touchdown in overtime. You could take a look. This is the reaction from a bar where people are realizing the bar tabs, they've been racking up all night, thinking, certainly with Rogers hurt, the bar was going to be paying that tab. It is setting in. They are going to have to go to the bar and pay that tab. That's so, where we're at. Yeah, so, so and they have a picture. This, this reporter's there, and there's action behind him in the bar, and this one guy gets the gets the bill handed to him and then he looks at his phone he's probably looking to see what he's got in his account and then he just puts his hand over his mouth oh my god like, like oh my god that was in milwaukee right that yeah, yeah that goes so. to show you 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 never know what can happen in football it's a week to week quarter to quarter play to play game man it's it is the most i was talking this over with my son it, there isn't a tougher sport no, not even close. Like, and, and Joe Rogan said that, too. Joe Rogan calls MMA, and he said football is the toughest way to earn a living yeah. in sports. 
Well, how about Jordan Whitehead with three interceptions? I, I saw that yeah. Jordan Whitehead, he cashed in on his uh, contract bonus. He needed like three interceptions in order to get $250,000 this year. Well, he did it in one game. That's two hundred fifty grand. That's unbelievable. Um, and, and if there is a guy that misses a coach, it is uh, Josh Allen with Brian Dable. Dable misses Allen. Allen misses Dable. Dable has to work with some guy named Daniel Jones who got overpaid. And Ken the Jim Do- Carrey of football. And, and, he looks like Jim yeah, and Ken Dorsey is now the coach with Josh Allen. And since he's left, I yeah. think there's I think he's thirty nine interceptions and thirty nine inter- interceptions and or fumbles in nineteen games since Brian Dable's gone. Can you see the Bills just absolutely plummeting this year? I, I said I they can... were. I said before this that they weren't going to. I've predicted them to drop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's only one game. You can't overreact. Like, if the Jets don't get some help, they're not. Well, the Jets going... are done. I think but, it's, it's, it's oh going to come goodness. down. It's, uh, well, can... I think the Dolphins are going to win that division now. Well, after one week, we would say that. But yep. can, I, can, can I just say what a catch by that Ooh. Garrett Smith. Garrett Wilson. Or Garrett Wilson, yeah. sorry. A one-handed bat. That, was, that like, was like a Deron Carter with a guy all over him. Yeah, that just tipped it to himself. It was kind of like a, Was that better than Odell Beckham's? I, I think it. I think it was, because Odell's diving backwards. Yeah, he can't see it. But... Like it's the, pretty close. Tight coverage, and then he has to go across his body to you know put his hand in front of it. Actually, yeah. in the last in the last fifteen years, the three best catches I've seen, at least in the NFL, was that one, mm-hmm. Odell Beckham, and the one from the Pittsburgh guy last year, Pickens. Oh yeah, right where he's diving yep. on the side there. Yeah, that was a good one. Off to the side. I can't. Th- I'm trying to think. There's... How about Deron Carter in 2017? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I said NFL. Oh, NFL yeah, that yeah. was a great one too. Yeah, yeah. man, that Against guy Toronto. was. That guy was an athlete. Yeah. Uh, Rider news. Philip Blake was taking some snaps today, uh, but uh, was a backup. Evan Johnson was in the starting role. We'll get some uh, practice audio as uh, Blaine Wild was down there uh, with that. Uh, Zenger, I've been I've been checking pretty religiously. Okay. And I'm sorry. This might sound like I'm calling out the league, but I'm I'm going to call out the league. I didn't see any discipline. I saw no discipline from uh, the week Pete Robertson got the headbutt. I saw no discipline, nothing outside of Pete Robertson's. Like Beverett never got anything for headbutting Pearson. Uh, Austin Mack got kicked out against Montreal. Usually supplemental discipline comes out today, so I haven't seen anything yet. No, there's nothing. And nothing from uh, Reggie Bagleton got to stay in the game, and I didn't see a fine for him. So once again, Ballsy's proven right. Pick and choose justice. We just make stuff up in this league. Uh, So you could fully expect that uh, the Bombers didn't get fined for calling out the league, but if somebody else calls out the league, they'll get fined. It's, It's actually... Rather embarrassing. We gotta wait for the Very moment. We gotta wait for the moment when you know something like that happens again. And then, if well, it... I'm taking receipts. I got receipts, man. It's an absolute embarrassment. It's a joke, and it's not whining. If it's a fact, take it's those receipts and submit them. I will be submitting them. I will. That's right. In fact, the next time I have Commissioner Randy Ambrosi on, I am going to hold his feet to the fire, I promise. And that's the first thing I'm going to ask him. Why is there pick and choose justice in this league? I will ask him straight up. I think I think you got to narrow it down and be like, how come, you know, this guy got fined, but this guy didn't? 
What, well, you raise di- a good. What, what's the difference between A and B? You know, you gotta like really narrow it in so he can't just have a roundabout answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, did you see this in the world of sports? We gotta get to this. This is crazy. So I don't know. Like, how do you feel about the Spitting Chicklets podcast with Beeson, Ed, and Whitney? I've never listened to it before. I've listened to a little bit of it, and I just don't get it. They're they're obviously popular. Anyway, uh, after it was alleged. By former NHLer Paul Bissonnette on Spit and Chicklets podcast that Mike Babcock, now coaching the Blue Jackets, had been asking jacket players to see photos on their personal phone. Babcock came out with a statement through the National Hockey League. While meeting with our players and staff, I asked them to share off their phones family pictures of part of the process of getting to know them better, Babcock said. There was absolutely nothing more to it than that. The way this has been portrayed by the Spitting Chicklets podcast was a gross misrepresentation of those meetings and extremely offensive. These meetings have been very important and beneficial not only for me but for our players and staff as well. And to have them depicted like this in an irresponsible manner is completely inaccurate. That uh, This is how... Paul Bissonnette said it on the podcast, quote, I get a text from a player. He goes, have you heard what Babcock is up to again? And I'm like, no. So he gets to Columbus, and one of the first things he does is he calls Boone Jenner, the captain of the team, and says, hey, let me see the photos on your phone. I want to know the type of person you are. What the bleep is going on? The Jackets released a quote from Jenner. Uh, while meeting with Babs, he asked me about my family and where I'm from, my upcoming wedding, wedding and hockey-related stuff. He then asked if I had any pictures of my family. I was happy to share some of with him. He showed me picture of pictures of his family. I thought it was a great first meeting and a good way to start building a strong relationship. To have this blown out of proportion is truly disappointing. But the Blue Jacket, uh, Bissonnette and uh, Whitney are standing by what they say. So the NHLPA is apparently investigating. Yeah, I think it's being blown out of proportion. They're looking for any little thing to try to drown the guy again. Looking for clicks in their podcast. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Winnipeg Jets have named uh, Adam Lowry the team's captain. Comes three months after they bought out their old captain, Blake Wheeler, who's with the New York Rangers. The Avalanche are signing free agent forward Thomas Tatar. A former Canadian. And a former Detroit Red Wing. Yeah. It's a one-year deal. He was uh, He's 32. He played last year with the Devils, where he recorded 20 goals, 48 points in 82 games. How last about Saskatoon year. Berries news? Saskatoon what? Berries. They got the squashed? Berry, no, the Berries uh, introduced Andrew Albers, former Major League pitcher, as the team's uh, pitching coach. Today. He's the pitching coach? No, not even the manager. He's the pitching coach. Saskatchewan, where's he from? I want to say he's from... I want to say he's from North Battle. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think so, too. I didn't want to be wrong. I wanted you to be wrong. Yeah. Um, all right. We will get to more sports stuff uh, in the world of sports a little later on here in terms of other things besides the we're CFL. Right. We're right. He's in North Battle. Nice. Of course we're right. Yeah, we're, we're always right. 936 6262, the number to text or call, or 1 The show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries. Our hotline is courtesy of Western Pizza and the text line powered by the Cap. Capital Auto Group. We'll be back with Evan Johnson Audio on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. The new uh, U Sports football rankings are out. Laval 1, Western 2, Saskatchewan 3, Montreal 4, St. FX 5. Laurier 6, Queen 7, UBC 8, Windsor 9, Ottawa 10. So two 
Can West teams. You can't convince me 10. that Santa Fex is better than UBC. No. That is just out no. of this world. Nah. There's, oh. yeah, rankings are rankings, yeah. right? Except for when we do. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's hear from Evan Johnson, who missed last week because of a foot injury, but he's uh, back now practicing with the club. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It was the the uh, Labor Day Classic, you know, so obviously it's a game that uh, everyone on the team, especially us uh, hometown guys, get really excited for. So um, there's no way I was going to get pulled out of the game unless... Uh, you know, on my own free free will. So um, I was able to stay in the game, kind of grind through that and finish the game and win the game, more importantly. How painful was that? I mean, uh, I, I wasn't having a great time out there, I'll tell you that. But, um, you know, when, when push comes to shove, you know, I was, I was banged up, but um, still able to play. So as long as you're able to play, good to go. I mean, no one's really healthy out here. So um, as long as as long as I got my two feet and able to block the guy in front of me, we're good to go. Can you walk us through what the injury was again? Uh, it was it was an injury to my lower body there. I won't go into too much detail, but uh, I was able to, you know, obviously play through it. And then following that, um, unfortunately, just wasn't good enough to go for the following week. So um, Banjo Bowl is all, always another fun game to play yeah. into. So I was sad to see, sad to miss that one, but, uh, you know, enjoyed watching the boys play. What's going to be the biggest challenge now against this Elks defense? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've gotten... They were banged up a little earlier in the year, and they've come back, and they're a little bit healthier now too. So, they've got kind of all of their all their main pieces up front on the defense there. So, they're at full strength. They're looking good. Um, they've they've developed since the last time we've played them. So, um, it's it's going to be the same as always. Just make sure that we're able to do our job and make sure that uh, we keep our core back upright and allow our running back to run the ball. How important is this game right now after a loss, and then seeing the way that Edmonton started to get some wins? I mean, every game's important. You know. Uh, Obviously, the next game is always the most important game for all of us. Um, coming up against Edmonton, you know, we have the series lead already. Um, a win against them, especially being a divisional opponent, um, puts us a little bit closer to BC, potentially makes a little bit more space between us and Calgary, and, uh, you know, a lot more space between us and Edmonton. So it means a lot as far as the standings go, and also as far as morale goes. You know, we want to get back in the win column. We don't want to just sit at 500, so... We're, we're looking for a win this week, for sure. You mentioned morale. I'm so sorry, last okay. one. You mentioned morale, but like, what was it like to come out here today after a loss like that and try to get back in the juju, I guess? Yeah, I mean, we've we've got a lot of experience on our team. We've got a lot of veteran presence. Um, sometimes games happen like that. Uh, you, you can't put too much... Uh, I guess you can't dwell on it is kind of the big thing. So uh, we were able to assess it. You know, a lot of different groups, the offensive line included, came in on our quote-unquote off days. Uh, we reviewed the film with our coaches, kind of uh, had a chance to assess the game, go through all the corrections, and flush that the day right after it happened. So uh, the following day, we were able to move ahead with everything and just focus on the Elks. In terms of Edmonton, is the most dangerous thing about them? They're a young team with really nothing to lose at this point. I mean, it, every team's dangerous. They've all got uh, their strengths. They've got some big guys up in the middle, especially talking about Pelly. Uh, he's a big physical rusher. AC Leonard, of course, off the edge, and Jake Ceresna. I mean... They're, they're a good defensive front there, so we're going to have to bring our A game. Is there something special about playing Mosaic Stadium under the lights? I mean, there's no place like home. <laughs> so uh, we're excited to get back out in front of our home crowd. We feel like we do have a nice home field advantage here, especially with the fans, the atmosphere that uh, is created in the stadium. What was it like to miss a game? You had never done that as a Rough Rider. No, never done that as a Rough Rider. I haven't missed a game since 2018. So uh, definitely a little bit of a you know foreign territory for me. Um, it was, yeah, it was tough to kind of get pulled and not be able to go and get on the bus and 
gotta say good luck to everyone and watch from home so um yeah it was tough you know i i missed one play last year um didn't miss any plays yeah since 2018 so it uh is a little bit of a yeah a, an off feeling <laughs> so you were here and then everybody else got on the bus yep yep oh. that's right so i was i was in the stadium i was in the locker room with all the guys um i was out on the practice field but not able to partake so um helping guys wherever i could uh you know i was helping out with uh we were using a lot of silent cadence last week so um last year whenever we had a, a game in silent i was the signal guy for that so kind of just passed on a little bit of knowledge that i had with that and uh you know help the boys however i could how weird was it? Where did you watch the game and how stressful was that? Yeah, I, uh, I watched the game at home uh, with my wife and with my kids there. So um, I was able to you know, really closely watch the first half, first three quarters, and then the kids woke up and then had a little bit more uh, going on in the house there. But um, yeah, I mean, there's no way I was going to be missing that game, even though I wasn't playing in it. How big of a boost is to have Philip Blake back on the practice field? Oh, it's, it's excellent. You know, he's, he's a heck of a player. Um, you know, he competed hard in training camp. He's a veteran presence. He's got a lot of starts and a lot of experience under his belt. So being able to have him back out here and not only uh, boost the guys, but also challenge the guys too. you know, push for a starting spot because he's obviously a talented player. So he's kind of elevating all of our games out here and making sure we're all ready to go. That's Evan Johnson in conversation with our own Blaine Wyland and other reporters as he's going to be back missing his first ever game as a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. So he had a bit of an Ironman streak going there. We're just glad to have him back in this key game against Edmonton. We're going to hear from Manny Arsenal live on the show at about uh, 5.05 today. So uh, that'll be good. Uh, Glenn Suter joins us. Yeah, the Manny Show, uh, Rash Madani. Uh, Up next, Mike Hogan from the Toronto Argonauts. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 333 with the sports ticker. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have signed four American players on Tuesday, including defensive back Tedrick Thompson, receiver John Ursua, and defensive lineman Braden Thomas and Caleb Sanders. Highlighting the bunch is Tedrick Thompson. Thompson was a fourth-round pick of the Seattle Seahawks in the 2017 NFL Draft out of the University of Colorado. He played three seasons in the NFL, recording 80 tackles and three interceptions. Of course, the Rough Riders welcome the Edmonton Elks to Mosaic Stadium on Friday night football. 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Countdown to kickoff. We'll be on these airwaves right at 4.30 on Friday. Time now for Cougars in the Cage. A weekly look at the sporting scene of the University of Regina. to take a look at the sports cage and Sask Sport Athlete of the Month. And Paralympic bronze medalist Keely Shaw continued her consistent performances in paracycling with a silver medal at the World Cycling Championships in Scotland early August. Shaw, who's from Mydale, Saskatchewan, claimed the silver in the women's C4 individual pursuit on August 8th. She was the only Canadian to make the top four in C4 individual pursuit qualifiers. The individual pursuit is the same discipline Shaw claimed bronze at the 2020 Paralympic Games in Tokyo. Some of the other nominees were Ellie Douglas for rugby, nominated by family and supported by Sask Rugby, Kieran Dick in swimming, Michelle Harrison in athletics, Ashley Lugner in wakeboard, Trevor Mack in target shooting, Team Patuli, female lawn bowling team, 
Team Patuli Mayo, Lawn Bowling, and Mackenzie Shimko in lacrosse. Congratulations to all the athletes, and in particular, Keely Shaw, our Sask Sport and Sports Cage Athlete of the Month. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Well, people, some people are like, oh, I was on the phone with some texting back and forth with some fans. And they're like, Winnipeg looks like the class of the CFL. So did you forget about Toronto? They lost one yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I don't get think, no love the Argos. I don't even think Toronto's played Winnipeg yet. Have they? I don't think so. I don't think they have. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, you have to check that out. It feels like, well, they're going to have to play. Maybe they only play them one time this year. You know who we should ask? Let's ask the voice of the Argos, Mike Hogan. He'll know, yeah. He's on the Western (laughs) Pizza Hotline. Hi, Mike. How am I supposed to know stuff like that? Yeah, so what, you get them them one or two times. Yeah, we get get them once, and it's at the end of the month, 28th or 29th. I don't even know what day it is today, so I think it's, it's, let's see, we play in Montreal, then we have Hamilton, and I think we're there in Winnipeg after that. So, yeah, yeah, Friday, September 29th. Yeah, so give me. So, yeah. so let me ask you something here. Um, you win this game, the Argos, you clinch the Eastern Division Championship, meaning you'll get a bye to the Eastern Final. Yep. Will the Argos go all out in that game against uh, Winnipeg, or will they start resting a rotation of resting guys? I, I have no idea. It's it's kind of the question we've been asking ourselves internally because I don't think anybody's went up to Dinwiddie and said, "Hey, what are you going to do in three weeks?" Uh, because the you know the the team mantra is not just empty words. Like they really have lived by this. Let's go one and zero this week. And you know because of what I do, I have to kind of look ahead in the schedule a little bit. But you know the players are just they're they're zoomed in. I, I bet if you would ask most of the players who we play in two weeks, they wouldn't know. Um, the Winnipeg thing might be a little differently. It might be a little different because there's, you know, it's been talk around the league so far. Oh, we can't wait for this game to see when the Argos finally play the Bombers. Um, but internally, it's just that. So I'm sure Ryan's been thinking ahead to what he's going to do with players as they progress. Um, should you know, should the Argos win this week? Uh, that would be, you know. September fifteenth, and the team has clinched first place. Uh, it's it's kind of uncharted waters for this bunch of boatmen. So, I guess we'll find out. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's 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 a few weeks on the schedule. There would be six weeks where none of the games would mean anything in the standings. So, I have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah, so and that's tough, man. That's quite a that's quite a conundrum. I mean, it's a great a great problem to have in one respect because it means you've had a successful yeah. season, but. It's not easy to flip a switch at uh, playoff time, especially if you've been in cruise control for a few weeks and then get a bye and then have to come out of it. I, I You know, they may just treat it like, you know, hey, uh, player A and player B and player C, we're going to pretend like you're injured this week. And then, you know, next man up. And you try to keep as many guys going as possible. I don't think you're going to see a game and sit everybody out at the same time. Uh, there's also salary cap ramifications involved as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, we couldn't dress everybody as an organization we wanted to in the last week in a meaningless game because there were cap limitations. So um, that comes into play as well. So I, I don't, I honestly don't know what they're going to do. But like you say, it's it's better to be in that situation than you know we had our last buy before Labor Day. Um, so you know, getting the buy was imperative this year. Uh, the fact that you know they've got a little bit extra time to go with the buy now should should we you know get 
you know, take care of business on Friday night in Montreal, um, you know, you assume at some point the, the magic number of four is going to be reached uh, in terms of points, uh, two that we get, two that they don't, or, or any combination of the four. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do after that, but I'm sure Dinwiddie and his staff have already been thinking about it because they're way ahead of the game. Because we haven't seen you in a, in a number of weeks and we don't see it to the end of the regular season, not going to lie to you. I haven't been doing a deep dive in terms of your depth chart and injury report. It feels, though, when I watch Argo games, like injuries are piling up or are they getting better? Where are we at that way? Because maybe it is good you guys are in a stretch where you can rest some guys. Yeah, secondary's been taking major hits of late. Um, you know, uh, Amos went down. He broke his ankle, so I don't know if he'll be back this year. I'm, I'm hoping he is. I, I I haven't really found out what it means after six weeks. Robertson Daniel got nicked up in the last game. He had to leave on crutches at halftime. So a couple of guys down, um, but, you know, luckily the depth is there. Maurice Carnell, the fourth, played last year. He had a bunch of interceptions, and he's really close. He hasn't played all year. So there's an opportunity for him to step up. The, the, the depth that this organization has is something to behold. And right now it's being tested in the secondary. Uh, speaking of the secondary, that uh, I didn't realize Stiggers didn't play college football. Like he's a tw- I didn't realize that to watching the TV broadcast. That is unreal. Yeah, he was, uh, was going to go to a place called Lane College. He'd been recruited, but tragically his dad was killed in a car accident. And he's got a rather large family, so he kind of gave up football to stay at home and look after his family. And then his mom found out about the fan-controlled football league that was that was you know up and running last year. And his mom signed him up for it. <laughs> and he went in and he led the league in interceptions. And one of the coaches, his coach, in fact, is John Jenkins, who used to play or used to coach in the CFL, a bunch of different places, and he phoned up uh, John Murphy and said, hey, Murph, have I ever got a guy for you? <laughs> and Quantez Stiggers is 21 years old. He's in his NFL draft year, and he's been, uh, he's been just an unbelievable revelation, and it's such a, a positive story out of such a negative situation. Yeah. Mike Hogan here, the voice of the Toronto Argonauts, joining us. Um, Chad Kelly, man, I didn't see it coming. I mean, we saw glimpses of it here in the fourth quarter of the Grey Cup, and that's the biggest stage. But I thought, okay, there's a young guy, fairly young guy, new to the CFL anyway. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get the importance of what he's doing here. But uh, nice fat contract, and he's playing like he's my MOP candidate right now, I'd say. Yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal. I mean, uh, heading into the game, I, I haven't seen the updated number, but heading into the game last week, um, the Argos had taken 27% of his drives into the end zone, which is a ridiculously high number. Um, he just he gets it done. He's leading the league in rushing touchdowns. Uh, um, I don't know what's going to happen much instead of playing time, but you know he's certainly with a couple of average games because the Argos have played fewer games than everybody else in the CFL. He, he's very capable of leading the league in passing yards and rushing touchdowns, which is an interesting combination. Um, but he's he's been that good. And you know, last year it was it was difficult to watch these two guys because you'd see how well Kelly would play in practice once he got in from McLeod Bethel Thompson. And it was like, man, if, if these guys were running backs, we could get them on the field at the same time. If they were wide receivers, we could do the same thing. But we can't get two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. I don't think there was a person in the organization didn't know that Chad Kelly could be an exceptionally good quarterback if given the chance. 
but I think what he's done this year has even blown away everybody's expectations, which were, were pretty high because we were pretty confident we knew he could step in and and lead this team uh, potentially back to another Grey Cup. From the uh, booth at IG Field, I was watching uh, the first game of the triple header. Uh, your game wasn't great, and our game wasn't great. The Edmonton game turned out to be uh, pretty good. But as, as I'm watching that, uh, Paul Lapolis was doing color, and I I think, I swear I heard him say that uh, Olette and Andrew Harris rotate themselves in the game. Is that true? Like, they, they're in yeah. charge of their own rotation? I don't know that. It wouldn't surprise me uh, because, you know, you'll kind of see AJ will just take himself out and Andrew will go in and then Andrew will kind of take himself out. So I don't know if that's formal or not or there are just times that happens. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Olet, we all know Olet is the lead dog. And one of the things, and I know Andrew's not the most popular player in Regina, certainly, uh, but one of the things that has really not been talked about enough is the grace that Andrew Harris has had when he's passed the torch to A.J. Olat. Um, a guy with a Hall of Fame career, in a lot of cases, goes down and isn't very quiet when he's passed on the depth chart. And Andrew Harris has become A.J. Olat's biggest fan. And it, it's really refreshing to see a guy who knows he's in his last year in the Canadian Football League and to accept his role this year and thrive in it and be Olette's biggest cheerleader. And if Olette needs a breather, Andrew's going to sprint onto the field. And there was one carry last year where, or last week where he went for five yards, four or five yards, and then carried uh, a bunch of people in what looked like a rugby scrum for about five more yards, uh, standing ovation from the crowd behind the Argo bench because they saw the effort that was, was involved. And he immediately took himself out, and A.J. went back in. So... Um, I didn't. I haven't rewatched the full broadcast yet, so I haven't heard that. But uh, I'd be interested in finding that out because that would be news to me. Yeah, it's like holy cow, that's crazy. Okay, lastly, Mike, Mike Hogan, and those sweet, sweet, sweet loonies you get paid to be a radio announcer and communications guru. If you were to bet that sweet, sweet Mike Hogan money, who is playing the Toronto Argonauts in the Grey Cup in Hamilton out of the West right now with six games to go? You want me to bet against Winnipeg? Are you nuts? I know I'm in Regina right now, but man, that's that's that that's a juggernaut. We saw what they did to the Riders last week. I mean, they're that's a team that's got so many weapons on offense. Their offensive line is great. Their defensive line is great. The defense is playing lights out and are ball hawks. I, they don't seem to have a weakness. So you know, that's no disrespect to BC and Saskatchewan and the two Alberta teams, but. Damn, the Bombers look good right now. Mike, we only got to beat them once in November. We just have to beat them <laughs> one time, Mike, before I get a chance to see you. You you asked me where my hard-earned dollar would go. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to bet on CFL games, but if I were uh, and I had a dollar to bet, that's probably where I would <laughs> Now, is it a bigger detriment that you have only one dollar to bet or you're not allowed to bet because you're in the CFL as an active employee? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of both. I I, I stopped betting football a long time ago because uh, there were times I was really good at, at at it, and then there were times I wasn't. So it's funny, I eh? Sit it's back funny. And watch and enjoy the game. When you bet, it, it seems like you're. If you really look back, and I'm talking anybody, you're really not that good at betting. You just think you are the odd time you win, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like golf. You know, you're always bad at it, but you hit that one really good shot on 16, and it keeps you back. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Thanks for this, man. Take care. Anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Mike Hogan, joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, they got your fall food fix covered. Stop by Western Pizza, man. They got some great deals in the fall. It's always good to not 
cook and watch sports. Like, I picked myself up a Western Pete's last night, got home just in time to let the dog out, turned around. I was like, okay, wait a minute. I thought Aaron Rodgers is wearing number eight. <laughs> oh, wait, Zach Wilson. What? Did he get hurt? Oh, my I, God. I had to call my dad. I got home yeah. to, to watch the game. Yeah. Called my dad, and I was like, yo, like, if you're confused, Rodgers is number eight. But he tore his Achilles. He's done. He's done. Was your, no. dad, was your dad happy or sad? No, well, he's sad because we all wanted a first-round pick. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Take a break and be back with more in a moment on 620 CKRM. cash in if you don't play. Get your tickets now for the Rokenville Lucky Lottery and 50-50 draw with a grand prize of $100,000 and an early bird draw of $10,000 if you purchase before September 15th. Plus 50-50 draw with a max prize of $48,500. Tickets are $100 and 50-50 tickets are one for 20 or three for 50. Get yours by calling 1-855-762-5686 or online at RokenvilleLotto.ca. Early bird draw date is September 15th. Official draw date is October 14th. License number RR230052 and LR230008. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, let's keep the show going here. Uh, that was a nice conversation that we just had with Mike Hogan. Heard from Evan Johnson. Miss any of the show, you can catch it in podcast form when we are done with the show. But uh, let's keep going now. SJHL, I think, is 10 days away from their regular season. The commissioner, Kyle McIntyre, joins us. Kyle, how are you? I am just great, Ballsy. How are you? Doing great, man. So we've got, uh, we got, uh, if I'm not mistaken, three new coaches here, uh, head coaches in the league? We do. We've had a bit of a turnover. Every year we see some turnover with some players. This year we saw some uh, coach turnover. So we got uh, Emery Olofsson in Yorkton. We got Clayton Jardine in uh, Kindersley. And we got three-time SJHL Coach of the Year, Doug Johnson, back in Melville. Uh, trying to get them some respectability again. Awesome. I've never asked this. Do you, is there like a, um, and this would go for any league, but I'm asking your league, is there like an approval process? Like the team hires a coach, but do you, th- does the league have to approve it? Or is there a background check at the league level? I'm not. I'm just saying that. It's a generic question I've never asked before. Right. Well, you know what? Uh, we work in very close consultation with the with the boards and with the governors that are doing hiring with the teams. And so uh, every every employee in the SJHL has to sign a code of conduct. Every employee has to go through a criminal records check with a, a vulnerable sector check. That has to be sent to me for approval. But, but basically the teams uh, do all the hiring and all the firing and they consult with the commissioner. And, and again, uh, probably in terms of the background check, uh, that's something that we expect the teams and, and the boards to do before they hire. So how's the health of this league with all your uh, teams? Everything's uh, pretty good now, and that we're nicely. We've got some breathing room between COVID and now. Yeah, you know what? I was really happy, Michael. I didn't have to have a grad sale this summer or a bake <laughs> sale. Uh, all the teams are solvent. The league is in uh, good shape. Uh, we Our attendance up, was up last year. We we brought on a number of new sponsors last year uh, with the work of Jacob Faith, our director of marketing, and myself. And uh, all those sponsors are coming back. And we're very excited about, about this year. And again, uh, the thing about the SJHL, as you always talk about it, and you would know from your time in Estevan, that there's a lot of parity. And anyone can win on any given night. Yeah, and everybody thinks they can win. But uh, realistically, uh, you don't have to give me who your favorites are, but, uh, you know, because <laughs> you're the commissioner. But is there, like, do you have a pretty, like, is that indeed the case? Do we have quite a, a, a good mix here where we could see any number of teams have a chance to win this thing? 
hey, you were throwing me right in the cage. This is why it's called yeah, the sports. I know, that's like, right. Like nothing but the body shot. That's what uh, I do, what? Matt. Uh, I would say probably uh, off the top of my head, I would say that nine teams out of 12 have a very legitimate uh, chance of winning uh, the league. Of course, there's some perennial favorites, uh, Humboldt and mm-hmm. Flin and and Estevan and Malfort, and uh, Cody Mapes is uh, doing his best uh, to make the corridor of Highway 39 very competitive this year, and I think that uh, we'll see some excellent uh, rivalry games between Estevan and Weyburn as well. It's kind of cool. Uh, um, Kevin Gallant, my old... Uh my buddy who I uh, used to be the voice of the Pats and I uh, grew up listening to him and voice of the um, Stampeders. He's got his son, I believe Matthew playing in Moose Jaw and his son, Michael uh, trying to crack the Estevan Bruins roster there. Oh, right on. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. You know what? All the teams have just wrapped up training camp. We're in the middle of exhibition season. So uh, lots of players in and out vying for positions on these teams for sure. Yeah. And he of course uh, was covering the league back in the day. So it's got, everything kind of goes uh, full circle. What do you want? What do you want? Is there a couple of things on your to-do list this year that you want to see your league do or achieve? Well, you know what? I, I always got lots of things on my to-do list. Uh, of course, uh, at our AGM, we brought in uh, something's called the uh, element of effective franchises, which identifies the exemplary practice in hockey operations and business operations. And, and again, uh, I want every one of our teams to offer players, uh, player experiences at the core. Uh, I want our players to have excellent player experiences, regardless of where they go in our 12 communities in the HHL. And so, Certainly uh, implementing this rubric and uh, identifying best practice and business operations and hockey operations is, is pretty high on my agenda. And then something else we're bringing in this year, uh, Mike, with all the changes at Hockey Canada, uh, all amateur sports in Canada have, have adopted a universal code of conduct, which kind of uh, identifies some, some best practice or some ideal practices for, for young athletes. And, of course, we're, we're adopting a version of that in the SJHL because, you know what, uh, we're developing the whole player. Uh, not every player that plays in our league uh, goes on to uh, play hockey, unfortunately. But we do want people to become better people and better citizens as a result of their time in the league. So that's something that, that's always high in the agenda as well. Are you usually on the go every weekend? Like, are you pretty hands-on? Do you, do you make it to, uh, to, to mo- well, not most of the games, but are you always on the go at various ranks, checking things out in person? Well, I try to, you know, I think that's a uh, key to being a good commissioner is, is being visible in the rinks. And so I try to get to a couple games a week. I'm on the road lots. Uh, hopefully I'm not blown by you in the SJHL vehicle, but uh, <laughs> last year I probably went to 56 regular season games and then all the playoff games. So uh, this weekend I'm up in uh, Flinslawn and uh, LaRange. And then next weekend for our league openers, I'll be in uh, North Battleford on the 22nd and then Kindersley on the 23rd. So, yeah, pretty much the weekends. And, and during the week, I try to hit the Notre Dames or the Kindersleys or the Waverns, you know, things that I could do a, a there and back quickly to swim through. All right, Kyle, thanks for your time, man. We'll have you on as a regular guest in, the, uh, in our Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League spotlight. I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, your interest, Michael, and I'm glad this week the, the fans are leaving you alone, not like last week. Well, uh, that's not necessarily the case. I'm just not I'm just not reporting it as much. Let's just put it that way. Thanks very much, Kyle. Uh, take care, my friend. Appreciate it. Yeah, okay. that's Kyle McIntyre, uh, McIntyre, the great commissioner of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Harash Madani's back on our soil, uh, returning from Indonesia and Manila, where Canada got a bronze, their first ever medal at the FIBA World Cup. We'll talk about that. CFL stuff, Aaron Rodgers probably. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. 
620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between, this is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. All right, let's uh, tell you it's brought to you by Smart Investing Solution. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Golly a call, 306-546-2533. And he's back. He's in Canada. Are you uh, acclimatized again? No. No. no, I got in last night, and it's a weird thing. We connected through Seoul, South Korea, Balzi. Mm-hmm. Left Seoul at 7 p.m. Korea time. Flew 13 and a half hours on the plane and arrived in Toronto at 7.30 p.m. the same day. Tired? Literally flew across the world, and uh, it wasn't a 30-minute flight. It was a 13 and a half hour flight, but it was still 7.30 p.m. when we landed. Are you tired? Yeah. 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 But... Uh, it's a good tired, you know. It was it was worth it though, wasn't it? It really was. Like I think we talked about this a little bit last week. Like getting to have a front row seat to a coming of age Canadian sports story is really neat. Like this was you knew this was the start of something, this was the beginning. All those years of talking about maybe what it could be. Well finally this was what it was. And, um, you know, they won a medal at the World Cup for the first time ever. And there are a lot of things you look at that team and you say to yourself, well, wait a minute, if a couple of things, they add a couple of guys and a couple of things go their way, Paris Olympics become really interesting. Yeah, well, for sure. Uh, it was supposed to be, NFL's all about storylines. It was supposed to be interesting. Rodgers on uh, HBO Hard Knocks looks like he remade his image on there. He runs out with the flag on 9-11, gets the big uh, introduction, and then goes down four plays in, doesn't even complete a pass with the New York Jets. So here's the question for you. First question. Yeah. Will he ever complete a pass for the New York Jets? I believe he will because he, for a couple of reasons. One, he's so damn stubborn and headstrong. He doesn't want that to be the last. Two, no matter what the Jets do this season, the intrigue of what Aaron Rodgers can be is going to outweigh any quarterback they have or we'll bring in. Second question. Do they stick with Zach Wilson? Or do they go for Carson? Okay, so let's say they don't go with Zach Wilson, okay? Let's say they don't go with Zach Wilson. Who is that Rash Madani taking? Matt Ryan, okay. Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Philip Rivers. None of the above. Um, I think the call has to go... Like, let's look at what things are right now. I know the Rams won week one, but they're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. Like, can you actually name me three healthy L.A. Rams on offense right now? Mm. Can you name me two? I know Cam Akers is happy, uh, healthy. Cam Akers, maybe? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think that the Rams have given up how much draft capital to win that 
championship of a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. if they're looking to reload, restock, whatever, is Matthew Stafford available, for instance? It's a good point. It's uh, a good point. You know, um, I think you can't bring a guy in who hasn't thrown a ball all training camp. And here's the thing, Ballsy, like it's it's effectively in the NFL calendar week. It's already Wednesday. Right? Like day one, which is the yeah. heavy day, is tomorrow. Like Zach Wilson has to start for them this week. I uh, tweet. I tweeted out yesterday they should get a call to the uh, Jags to bring in Nathan Rourke. It got 24,000 views, so it tells you that people are, you know, on the Nathan Rourke train. But, I mean, let's be honest, Nathan Rourke would – I don't know if that will help them out much. I would just – I just. I also don't know. Yeah. Like, here's the, here's the other thing in all this, and I, and I – do they go bring in somebody who – like, and I know this is going to sound bizarre, but just hear me out on this. Like a Brett Rippon who at least knows Nathaniel Hackett's offense and the terminology and isn't going in there starting from scratch. Like, whoever they bring in is so behind the eight ball in terms of knowing the offense, executing it, knowing the terminology, all that stuff. That usually takes three, four weeks. Yeah, I'd rather have Mark Rippon. Sure. <laughs> Not going to lie. Sure. Hey, hey, speaking of quarterbacks, I think we're at a point where we got to buy Brock Purdy stock now. Yeah. Yeah. I actually watched, uh, well, when I was wide awake at 4.30 in the morning with jet lag, um, I went over and I watched, oh, God, I watched my Vikings yeah. implode against Tampa. <laughs> yeah. And But the second game I watched was San Francisco and Pittsburgh, and I know it's only one week. I don't know where there is a – like, I watched that game, and I'm like, San Francisco is the best team I've seen in two or three years. I don't know where they have a deficiency. And if you took all the names and logos and numbers off the players and you just evaluated what you saw on the field, like Brock Purdy is – franchise quarterback material. Yeah, he is. And he was taken with the last pick of the seventh round. Hey, we had uh, Mike Hogan, the voice of the Toronto Argonauts, on just before yeah. you here, and the Argos can clinch a playoff spot and go to 11-1 and with a win over Montreal. They're far and away the best team in the East. Unless something shocking happens, they should be in the Grey Cup. Uh I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but, man, there's going to be a lot of downtime for this football team. It's hard to flip a switch in the playoffs. I agree. I agree. And I don't know how you manage that, you know. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's, a really, it's a really weird one. But I'll tell you this. Um, this is no slight on Zach. Chad Kelly's my... MOP right now. Yeah, uh, close second for me would be Brady Oliveira from the Blue Bombers. He's a stud. Yeah, and he's the bell cow, and he can do so much for you. Uh, I'm right there with you. I think I read somewhere, Ballsy, that the Argos offense scores a touchdown almost one out of every four possessions. Yeah, 27% of the time. What? Yeah. It's crazy. What? 
Yeah, that's ridiculous. That is a crazy stat. Hey, lastly, what are you making of this Babcock thing, getting Boone Jenner to show him his phone and stuff, the Spit and Chicklet podcast calling him out, but uh, both Boone Jenner through the team and Babcock saying it's uh, basically saying that they're wrong and that they're misrepresenting what's going on. Well, the one thing I do know about the Spit and Chicklets podcast is that they do have a vendetta against Babcock. Yeah, they don't so, like him. I just can't imagine right away after every all the off ice issues Mike Babcock had to you know that were swirling around with the whole Mitch Marner thing in Toronto, et cetera, that'd be the first move he makes. It just can't be, can it? No, I, I like, can't logically. I can't, no, I can't see it. I can't. I, I really can't see it. I um yeah, yeah interesting. Anyways, we gotta go. Thanks, Arash. Get some sleep or try to. Thanks, Baldy. Take care. That's Arash Madani, coast to coast for Smart Investing Solutions. We head from Toronto to Vancouver. We're everywhere on the show. Julio Caravada joins us next after the clutch performer with Sean Kleisinger. The Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Allen looking left is going to launch. Hardy downfield, overthrown, it's picked, intercepted by Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead of the New York Jets, not one, not two, but three interceptions yesterday he had on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills as the New York Jets came away with a 22-16 win on Monday Night Football. Jordan Whitehead is your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Time to check in on the Western Pizza Hotline with our buddy Julio Caravata, former quarterback for the BC Lions, now their color commentator. Long time. How many years now for you, Julio? Uh, 25. Wow. Eight as a player. So, yeah, it's been a while, buddy. It's awesome, man. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry, it'll it'll catch up to you too, my yeah. friend. Uh, no, Talk I'm to everybody. No, no, I'm running. I'm I'm running away from it as much as I can. Hey, uh, oh, you don't you dare, don't you dare. It's always good to talk to you. Uh, so, um, first of all, I think we're seeing how much a quarterback coach relationship means to both guys. Brian Dable doesn't have Josh Allen anymore. He's with New York and the Giants, although he did get Daniel Jones paid. But Josh Allen has fallen Josh Allen has fallen off the 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 map. He's really struggling without Brian Dable. And I you know, transferring that to the CFL. This is the best Vernon Adams has played with with yeah. Maximic as his OC. Mhm. Yeah, no, I think you make a really good point. I think that's one of the things that, you know, sometimes, uh, and I think, too, you could you could even use that example, too, with, like, now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is, is, is done for the year, but mm-hmm. with Hackett, too, right? Like, you know, you, there are just certain relationships that are, there, there's a certain kind of chemistry that's there. And I think, you know, you know with Vernon I, and, you know, all the, the stuff that's happened to him prior to him getting out here, you know, his, his level of play has really, you know, I think become so much more consistent. And um, a lot of that can be because of that relationship with Jordan McSimmick and the way that he thinks and the way that he's coached. Um, and sometimes the system just fits a player better. Uh, it, it's a huge component 
of of the game in in in, in every sport, right? Like mm-hmm. when your coach has a connection with not only its star players but the other players as well. Um, that's when you have greatness, right? And, and and that's when you have that special kind of connection with coach, team, organization, and you see examples of that where a guy's in a, in a certain spot for a long time and has a, so much success. That's that's a that's a big reason why that success is is there is because of those kinds of relationships. Should Ryder fans be uh, concerned that they uh, got crushed so badly? Uh, I think. Anytime you play a home-and-home, and and especially when you play with the kind of intensity that that rivalry carries with it, you can feel it all the way out on the West Coast. You can feel it through the television. Like that game in Saskatchewan, the game in Winnipeg, those are tough, hard games. And especially if you win the first one, the second one is, is, uh, that's tough, right? So, um, you know, I mean, I I think that, that, that it happens in the course of the season. Uh, it's happened to the Lions. It's happened to a lot of different teams. You just have to, you know what, it, it, sometimes it can be a galvanizing moment for a team because they're able to, you know, use that as incentive. You know, one of the things I've learned over the years too, Ballsy, is this, is that there is no greater motivator than embarrassment for an athlete. Once an athlete is, is it feels that he's been embarrassed or he's been slighted or, um, you know, it, it, whether he's been disrespected by somebody in the media or he feels like he's been disrespected on the field, Usually you're going to draw the best out of that player and the team. And I suspect that you're going to see a very, very different Saskatchewan team come this week um, as far as, uh, you know, their performance. I, I really do believe that. Hey, I'm, I'm not just saying this because I'm on, you know, your radio station and you're mm-hmm. in Saskatchewan. I, I, I think Saskatchewan is a very dangerous team because you know why? They play great defense. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they get after the quarterback. And sure, they laid an egg uh, in Winnipeg. That it happens. It happens to all the really good defense. But overall, I really like their team, and I like the way, especially on defense, they get after you. They they, they are going to be a handful come playoff times if they stay healthy and are, are are going in. You know, like full full with a full roster of the guys that they have. Well, they're going to be dangerous. And that's that's where I I I mean I don't like the fact the last three road games they've been beaten handily. But I mean. Uh, you look at it, and uh, they're six and six with their third quarterback, the fifth, uh, the fifth uh, different offensive line with all the injuries they've had. They don't, even, you know, they're they're and they're six and six, and they're in the thick of it. They beat BC, they did beat Winnipeg, so I I do want to say that's kind of a, an outlier. I want to yeah. I want I want to ask your opinion here, okay? Peter Robertson got ahead, but I don't condone it. There's no place in the game for it. He got his suspension. But I have been scouring the league website. I didn't see Tyrese Beverett get anything for a headbutt on Andrew Pearson. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything. I saw Austin Mack get get uh, expelled from the game when he when he sh- punched that Toronto player on the side of the helmet. Yet Reggie mm-hmm. Bagleton got to stay in the game, and I haven't seen any supplementary discipline. I know it usually comes out Tuesday, maybe Wednesday at the latest. I'm, I'm out here in Saskatchewan saying it's pick and choose justice. What is going on here? How do you see it? Because perceptions, yeah. everything, and facts are negotiable, in my opinion. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I do, I do agree with you that you know, um, you know, Robertson's hit was, you know, it, it, he deserved what he got. Mm-hmm. But I, I, same thing for Beverett. I mean, he he had butted Andrew Pearson and was penalized. It was a personal, personal, uh, personal foul at the time, and 
you're right. It, it should have been it should have been the same justice to him as well. Um, and then the other part too, like and we talked about this off the air mm-hmm. a few days ago about the idea that you know I, I know that Caleros kind of I think went off on 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 the league and 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 so did O'Shea. Like when you start questioning the league and and the officials and all that kind of stuff, that that usually comes with a little bit of punishment as well, right? Like yeah. So um, you know I I I, I hear you. I, I I know that what he did was wrong. Um, but when you, you've got to, it's got to be, you know, that's the one thing about that kind of discipline, right? It, it has to be across the board, right? It, it, if you're headbutting anybody, and I don't care whether or not it's a, you know, I mean that the severity of the headbutt, it, it's, it's, it's still a headbutt, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like it has to be level across the, 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 all, all the, all the calls. And, and I think that the league maybe missed out on, on the way that they handled this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you see something happen, Aaron Rodgers like that, what have you ever been on? A, have you ever been on a side? Well, you have been probably where a devastating injury happens, and you're just yeah. you're just heartbroken. Yeah, no, I've seen it a few times, and it is heartbreaking. Um, you know, I think that one of the things you uh, over the years, you know, like even though like they're a rivalry, or um, you know, you have your own personal feelings and you want to see your home team win and, mm-hmm. or, you know, all those things. Like, I think you put that stuff aside as an athlete or, uh, you know, I mean, as somebody who's been around the game a long time. And, uh, you know, it, those kinds of injuries are, are just, you realize, to one, how devastating they are, but two, for the, for the person that has to now go through those things. Like, the, I mean, the countless hours of um, rehabilitation on your own, um, you know, it, it just takes away... It takes away that ability to do something that you love to do, and for like a guy like Rogers who's been doing it for so long, like it just is is devastating. So you know, meaning it it's it's never good for the you know it's never good one for the athlete, but also like as a fan, you you're getting cheated out, right? You want to see the best, mm-hmm. and Aaron Rodgers is the best, and so for all of his fans who love to see him play, we're not going to be able to see him play, and and who knows what's going to happen now as as he moves forward. I would imagine that he's going to try to come back at some point. Um, but those Achilles injuries at an older age, they're tough to come back from. And um, all I can say is I hope from a fan standpoint that uh, that he comes back healthy because I still love to watch him play. Yeah, lastly, man, back to our league. Man, isn't it? It's been kind of a breath of fresh air. It's been an uptick in terms of TV ratings, popularity, what you guys are doing in BC, new owner in Montreal. Yeah. I know our radio broadcast is sold out. Like things are uh, things are cooking in the right direction for even Toronto's uh, getting an uptick in fans. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It, it's, 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 it's great. It's fantastic. It's, um, you know, I think all the teams in the league, for the most part, are are, are doing the right things. And I, I think too, like, it, it's a great game. It really is. When you know, I, I've had this, I have these conversations every year at this time with my buddies and about the whole NFL. So I said, guys, you know, man, I, I think I've talked to a few of them. And, you know, I'm a fan of the game, right? And and I love, I love the Canadian Football League because it's of of the excitement that it brings and the fact that. It's never over till the, the final whistle goes. Um, but I'm glad that, that the fans are responding. And I think a lot of it has to do with, like you say, the owners. Like Amar Doman doing such a great job of reaching out to that demographic that has been missing with the Lions and, and doing everything he possibly can to get those kinds of younger fans in the stands and watching the games. And it's working. And uh, I think all those other places are the same, right? Like... Uh, I think deep down people love the game and um, especially this time of the year when every game 
seems to come down to the wire. Lastly, Riders got Trey Ford in here. I don't know how good of a passer the football he is yet. Sometimes I don't think he knows what he's watching on the defensive side, and that's not being negative. Like it's just a fact. Like he's a young guy yet, but is he an unbelievable athlete? What, what would you do? What would you do to defend him? Like you want to make yeah. him? You want to make him be a passer of the football yeah. instead of a runner? But how would you set your defense up like that this week? Well, yeah, that's that's a very good question, and I think you know one. It's great to see that you know given the opportunity, what he's doing. And another part too is that you know that whole passing component, like it is something that he'll start to develop the longer he plays, right? Like mm-hmm. the more and more he gets comfortable in there and. And that takes time, right? The game moves very fast when you're behind the center. Yeah. Um, but as far as but as far as how I I, I think, like you say, I, I'd have someone. Uh, clearly, they're going to have someone spy. But you got to play such disciplined football up front by staying in your lanes. Um, and because he is a one kind of one read right now, and then he's going to use his feet and try to move around. You got to have someone super athletic that can that can track him down. And that's hard to do, right? It's easier said than done, but. Um, that's you, you have to force him into be a passer. Take away first down. If you make him, you know, now you put him into second and long situations. That's another big key. Um, and that's a key for every quarterback, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but in his case, you don't know, I mean you, you you force him into being one dimensional, and you got to hope that your 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 guys, especially up front, you know, they're staying upfield, staying in their lanes. Don't worry about trying to sack the guy. Just force him into the pocket and let him try to beat you with his arm. Julio, it's always fun talking to you, man. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks, buddy. Take care. I, I look forward to it, buddy. Yeah, take care of Take care, man. Awesome. Julio Caravata, great color commentator on the BC Lions Radio Network. I love listening to him and the Moj. They do a great job out there they do. in Vancouver. Perfect crew for that uh, emerging fan base or re-emerging fan. But restore the roar. Roar like never before in BC. Second best duo in the league. That's right. That Mike Hogan and Ben. No. Oh, yeah. Well, Michael Ball, Luke Mullender, uh, number one, baby. I'll, I'll buy you a booster juice tomorrow. Thanks, man. I saw you brought one in today, and I just, didn't get one. Just so. from my side. No, sorry. <laughs> I feel, I feel shame. <laughs> Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781 2090. I'll tell you what, the Texas Rangers, they moseyed on into town and laid down the law on the Toronto Blue Jays in the opener of a big four-game series on Monday. 10-4 was the final, so things have gotten even tighter in the wildcard race. The Rangers leapfrogged the Mariners for the final spot, and the Blue Jays are sitting in the second wildcard right now, a half a game up on the Rangers. So these next three games... Pretty big for both teams. Rangers, Blue Jays. Game two tonight from Rogers Center, 5.07 p.m. opening pitch. The Sports Cage is your voice for football. Not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Brought to you by Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with the boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in Fort Coppell or online. Kevinsmarine.com. Riders can have those expanded rosters now. Well, the CFL team can, so uh, they teams can. So they signed four players: American defensive lineman Braden Thomas and Caleb Sanders, and American wide receiver John Ursua, and American defensive back Tedrick Thompson. Now, Thompson and Ursua are two guys I'm interested in. He uh, Ursua, the five foot nine, one hundred and eighty two pound speedster, played for the Seahawks in parts of uh, 2019 to 2021 seasons. He's an Hawaiian native, played at the University of Hawaii. And Thompson, six foot, two hundred and four pounder. Uh, 
selected in the fourth round by the Seahawks in the 2017 NFL Draft. Spent three seasons there, playing in 29 games, 16 starts, 80 tackles, three interceptions, five knockdowns, one forced fumble, two fumble recoveries. So uh, some interesting additions from the Rough Riders. By the way, we'll have Jeremy O'Day on the show tomorrow at about 4.32-ish. That's your CFL report. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, bringing communities together. The main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Some interesting stories going on. Jim Trotter, longtime NFL writer and reporter who joined The Athletic earlier this year as a columnist, has filed a retaliation lawsuit against the NFL and the NFL Network. He was... Uh, released His contract was not renewed, he alleges, because in part he challenged the commissioner, Roger Goodell, and others in the league regarding the NFL's lack of diversity at league office. Uh, in a 53-page complaint filed in federal court in Manhattan today, Trotter said he called out the NFL for refusing to address what he described longstanding systemic and institutional discrimination within coaching ranks. And uh, in his... Uh, Filing, he made a couple of claims. Uh, he said this. Uh, he alleges Terry Pagula, while discussing player protests against racial injustice, said that if black players don't like it here, they should go back to Africa and see how bad it really is. That's what Trotter's alleging. Pagula's come out with a statement. Um, the statement attributed to me and Mr. Trotter's complaint is absolutely false. I am horrified that anyone would connect me to an allegation of this kind. Racism has no place in our society. I'm personally disgusted that my name is associated with this complaint. Trotter, who is 60, uh, joined NFL Media five years ago as a contributor to the NFL Network. Um, and NFL.com. Previously, though, he worked for Sports Illustrated and the San Diego Union Tribune. He all covering the Chargers. He also uh, had something to say about Jerry Jones, which is <laughs> everybody has something to say about Jerry Jones. Uh, Trotter alleges that when he asked Jones about a lack of black personnel in NFL management positions, Jones replied, "His words, not mine." Allegedly, Jones's words, according to Trotter, because some. People might be coming into the conversation halfway. This is what Jones allegedly said. If blacks feel some kind of way, they should buy their own team and hire who they want to hire. So it's going to be an interesting uh, case there. The other interesting one in the world of sports, NFL will find a way to get out of it somehow. Um, another interesting one in the world of sports is the whole Mike Babcock thing. Apparently he called Boone Jenner. Now the... The uh, guys in Spit and Chicklets, Paul Bissonette and Ryan Whitney, they are alleging B- Babcock's doing what he did before, wants to see what people, players have on their phones. Um, Babcock has come out and said that is categorically false. What I did was ask Boone Jenner to show me pictures of his family, and then I showed him pictures of my family. Boone Jenner seems to have backed that claim up. They say it's false and ridiculous. Apparently, the NHLPA is looking into it. But Bisonette and Whitney do have a history yeah, with, uh, like him. with him. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I'm not a... I've never listened to that. Before. I've listened to I it don't. a bit. I don't get it. I don't. I, even when I watch him on the TNT panel, Bisonette, I don't get it. What like, kind of? What kind of? Well, like, just kind of. He's a wacky. Like, well, he's. I'd be kind of like him. Like, listen, I'm not comparing 
his popularity to mine. Like it's not even close. Apples and oranges. I'm way more popular. But no, he's way <laughs> more. He's way more popular. That's not what I'm saying. But like he's kind of a wacky. He says what he says, right? Just a lot of like hockey lingo, like uh, top yeah, cheese, maybe yeah, kind that, of stuff. That, that yeah. kind of stuff. And of course, Ryan Whitney is the the the. Um, is it Ryan or Ray? Ryan Whitney. Good question. Ryan Whitney is the Pink Whitney drink guy. So uh, I don't know what that means. Pink Whitney's the drink that people drink. Oh, you're not. A, you don't drink. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't. you are like a 94 year old man. No. <laughs> you are absolutely. It's crazy. Hey, it looks like Carey Price's career is over. He says, "Quote: My knee is not in a position to take the brunt of a full season's workload. The honest thing is, right now, it's just not going to happen." So. Doesn't say he's going to retire, but he's probably going to retire. And you'd have to put him third in terms of the greatest half goalies of all time, right? Oh, yeah. Patrick Waugh, Ken Dryden, and Carey Price. People will say Ken Dryden, though. Didn't Ken Dryden win more Stanley Cups? Yeah, but there's just something about Patrick Waugh, you know. Yeah, Pat, Patty Patty Waugh, he's the guy. Patrick too. Waugh, man, like yeah. no other goalie would stick hand stick handle with the puck to center ice. No other goalie would, would fight just, Mike Vernon like that. Yeah, tell the. Oh no, Mike, was it Mike? Yeah, it was Mike Vernon. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Or Chris Osgood. Was it Osgood or Vernon? Huh. I think he's it was Vernon. So many fights. I thought it was. All I, think I it was know Vernon. is he won the cup in '86. I love when he showed in '89 and won in. I love in the playoff game when he showed up, uh, showed off in Colorado that he made the save, put his glove in the air, and dropped the puck in yeah, the net. That's such that a Patrick. Was, Wall I didn't thing. like Patrick Wall. I thought he was. A I love. I hate him. I was a converted like Avs fan in the early 2000s. Just but he is of the him. best goalie of all time in Montreal history, followed by Kenny Dryden, and then that guy Carey Price. How about what Price did in that bubble cup, though? He got him all the way to the Stanley Cup. I know it was the Canadian division, but he got him all the way to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I think it was the year, like, there was a, there was the Bubble Cup, the one when Tampa beat the Dallas Stars, and then the year after that was, like, the Half Bubble. The Half Bubble when Cup. When it was, like, half attendance. Yeah, and it was still, it was the Canadian division, right? Uh, I don't know if it was the Canadian yeah, division Yeah, it was. Or not it was still. the Canadian division. Sure it was. Well, That's whatever. Got... The Canadians, they went to the cup. I still don't know how it happened. I don't think yeah, uh, John the Habs uh, fans yeah, calling now. Yeah, I'll put him on. <laughs> Just put him on and get it over it. Yeah. yeah, okay, John, what's up? You get you get 30 seconds to brag about the Habs, and then I'm hanging up. Go ahead. Well, you guys you guys uh, ranked those goalies. Actually, uh, well, he's before my time. i never seen him, but you have to have Jacques Vaughn because he was a member of the five-in-a-row cup team. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he was as good a goalie as those guys. It just means he won five Stanley Cups. Well, at that time when he won those, he was the best goaltender in the league. God, did, come on, man. They were. There was a terrible... That hockey was terrible. Even watch the Gretzky years when I thought it was so great. I'll watch it now. It's terrible. That You can't even compare. That's awful. No, you can't, but... Uh... You're right about the the uh, the three best that that I've seen. Like yeah, Waugh, Dryden, and uh, Price, Terry Price. Hey, clear this up for us. So when 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 the Habs went to Le Coupe de Stanley against Tampa, was that the half COVID cup or was that the bubble cup? You know uh, what I mean? That was the bubble cup. That was the. Yeah, I thought it was the bubble cup. It was the bubble. It was cup. the half bubble. Yeah, uh, but it was still a magical run. It was fun. Oh Especially, yeah, uh, being. Um, wait, so was it the half bubble or was it the bubble, John? Okay, wait, John, before you start, before you have all this hab diarrhea, was it the verbal diarrhea? Was, <laughs> was it was it the bubble cup where they were all in the bubble in Edmonton or was it the half bubble cup? It was the half bubble cup. That was the COVID, uh, second year of the, of the COVID. Oh, okay. So, but it was still the Canadian. Div- I remembered some fans were in Bell Center yeah. for the cup. It was, it was still was the like, Canadian yeah. division they won though, right? Yep, it was. Yeah, because didn't they beat the Leafs? They were down three games to one, and they come back and won that, didn't they? 
Yep, they did. Then they swept Winnipeg. They beat Vegas in six. Yeah, because Winnipeg swept the Oilers. I remember that's that's crap. Bunch of garbage. Oh, anyway, John, there you go. We had a little Habs hour. Hey, how many Habs fans does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, it takes one to change a light bulb and 99 to talk about how good the old light bulb used to be. Thanks, John. <laughs> See you, buddy. Thank you. Take care, buddy. I love John. He's I a love great you, guy. John. Don't John. worry. I'll, I'll hold the Habs for yeah. oh, you. already hung up. Hey, and here's one for you. John's a big fan. He loves a he loves Bedard. I don't know if he loves Crosby, but uh, Sidney Crosby was Connor Bedard's favorite hockey player growing up. Yeah. And uh, Crosby had said, "I don't see any. I don't see any weakness in Connor Bedard's game." They just had a photo shoot today uh, on the ice, wearing their full yeah, equipment, wearing their full equipment, sitting in front of a TV, the TV monitors too is awesome. Yeah, Bedard just looking at him with his jaw on the floor, being like, "Wow, yeah, who is this so guy?" I, hey. Yeah. Crosby was born in 1987, I believe, and he wears number 87. Bedard yeah. was born in 1998, and he wears 98. Did I get this right? Is he? I think that no. I think we found a connection. No, Bedard no. was born in 2005. What am I thinking about? Bedard was born. Bedard was born when Crosby was drafted. Yeah, I was trying to connect something that just wasn't there, and it slipped through my fingers. Duh, I'm not Can you just worry about punching buttons? Let's. I'm gonna punch one now. Then do it. <laughs> Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Can't be any worse than last weekend, man. The only team that I root for that won was the UND Fighting Hawks. My Thunder lost, my Rams lost, my Rough Riders lost. They all only scored six points. My UND Fighting Hawks won 37-22. So, tough. Cleanse the palate. <laughs> Fra- uh, Loser. Fra- Friday... <laughs> You're called a. You were on the end of calling a crappy oh, game yeah, too. I forgot about that. You're a loser too. I wiped that one. Oh, clean. and my Chargers suck. Yeah, right. I am a loser compared to you. Your Packers won. Every team I love sucked. So to cleanse the palate, what I've decided to do is do it all over again. Riders, Elks, Friday, win. Saturday, 10 a.m. on the Smurf turf. It's the UND Fighting Hawks against the Boise State. I don't even know what you call them. Broncos. Oh, yeah, the Bronx. That's a FBS team. They're 0-2. They're going to be mad. They've lost to Washington and UCF. Their quarterback's 8 feet tall. Yeah, he's 6'5". He can sling it. So uh, I'll be watching my son there on the Smurf turf. Win. UND Fighting Hawks. Ting. Then I'm going to get in the car and drive to Mosaic Stadium and watch the University of Regina Rams get their first win of the season against the Calgary Dinos. Win. And then I'm going to watch the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, as John Ryan likes to say, lose to the Tennessee Titans. I can't have it all. <laughs> yeah, I can't lose. have it all. You oh, know, what's, 17. <laughs> you know what's a not a losing proposition? 
Brian Raymond out at Flowing Springs. Brian? Yeah, he's a winner. Brian? Uh, we My were 49ers t- won. Yeah, I know. Your 49ers oh. won. Yeah, I know. Brock Purdy looks pretty good, doesn't he? I didn't think he'd, I didn't think he'd be good again this year, but he looks good early on. Aren't you glad you're not a Jets fan? Oh, my gosh. Wasn't that... I, I tell you what, regardless, uh, that's just terrible to see. No kidding. Yeah, that's awful. I, who, who pays the $75 million now? Uh, well, Is there could, insurance for that? I I don't know if there is or not. That's I'll tell you what though. A lot of a lot of the NFL players are mad because all these NFL stadiums are moving out the turf for grass for the soccer, but they won't do it for the football teams. And that I wonder if he would have got hurt had he not been on grass. You know what I mean? You know that's a that's a really good question. You know, and and wet and wet turf too. Yeah. Okay, so uh, speaking of grass, we still got some grass out there, and it's it's a great week of weather here yet. We're getting maybe a late summer, Brian. You absolutely are right. And talk about green grass. This golf course is lush. It's in fantastic shape. The greens are amazing. And and we've been busy. Uh, the days are getting shorter, though, and so we've moved our late twilight, the $19 walking-only twilight, up to 5 o'clock. So a lot of folks are starting early to get their at least nine holes in. And uh, it's working out really well. We still have our early twilight at 3 o'clock for $35. And, of course, every Monday and every Wednesday, seniors and ladies play for $32. Brian, how do they get a hold of you? Give us a call at 306-543-5050. You can also book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Now we had Job uh, John the Habs fan on. This is Brian Raymond, the ultimate Habs fan. Okay, there's Tom Shepherds of the world and everything. So, Brian, i got to ask you. I ranked Patrick Waugh, Ken Dryden, and Carey Price as the top three goalies in, in Habs history. Am I right? I don't think that you can eliminate Georges Vesna or oh. uh, Jacques Plante from that. Yeah, see. For those of us who remember are aware of that history. Yeah. So where, how, where would you put those two guys in? Um, you, you know what? It's the game is so much different That's now. That's what I, I mean. I, I, I think that you would have to put. Uh, I think you would still have to put Price and uh, Patrick probably one, two, give one or the other, mm. just because of the way the players shoot now and, yeah. and, you know, the different style of play. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate that, man. Have a great week, and guys, and yeah. uh, we'll talk to you Thursday. Yeah, I'll talk to you Thursday for sure, absolutely. Hey, let's talk a little MMA. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an expert zinger, but Sean Strickland knocked off, uh, what was it, Israel Adesanya. And uh, it was it was a huge upset, man. Uh, he went through a disturbing childhood because of how his father treated his mother. On multiple occasions, he said he had to come to his mother's rescue uh, as his father used to physically and mentally torture her. He also got kicked out of school for having uh, white supremacist thoughts because his grandpa raised him that way. So he, is, he was a long shot to win. And man, he came up big. Now, the big question is... Was it the biggest upset in UFC history? My son called me right away when he watched it and said, yeah, it was, Dad. Uh, or he thinks it was. Adesanya uh, was the... Mm-hmm. He was a 600-to-1 favorite. But some are saying it's probably like... There's three that they say. Is it Matt Matt Serra over George St. Pierre? I think is how you say it. Once again, not an expert, but it's Matt Serra over George St. Pierre or Holly Holm over Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey or Chris Weidman over Anderson Silva. Those People consider those the top three upsets in UFC history before uh, the one on the weekend. Um, from exposure standpoint, a lot of people are saying this one is probably second 
to uh, Holm and Rousey because Rousey was on such a huge run there, you know, in popularity and everything like that before she got absolutely crushed by Holm. Um, St. Pierre won his rematch with, uh, with Sarah. So uh, that, that, uh, would show you that was probably the number one upset until we see another rematch here. And we're going to see one, right? Like there's going to be a rematch. What's, what's a bigger upset in the world of combat sports? Yeah, there you go. Is it Israel Adesanya going down on the weekend to what's his name? Strickland? Yeah. Or is it Buster Douglas taking down Mike Tyson with a 10th round KO? That's a good one. Well, sometimes sometimes my mind works. I would probably tell you it's probably Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson, but I only say that cuz I know boxing more and I remember yeah. I remember sitting in my car in the Glen Karen bowling alley <laughs> cuz I had watched some of it on pay-per-view upstairs at at Stat yeah. Sports Bar. And don't ask me why I left, but I left. And you know what? Late at night, you could pick up the different, you know, on the AM radio dial. And I sat in the parking lot and listened to... Oh, that would have been awesome. It was awesome. We got knocked... February 11th, 1990. Yep. Tokyo. And the other one that I remember was when... um, When Sugar Ray Leonard beat Marvelous Marvin Hagler in 1987. I was listening to that in my aunt's spare bedroom. It was pretty cool. Where were you when Evander Holyfield bit his, uh, or sorry, uh, Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear off? Do you remember where you were in that moment? I don't know, but that's the night that he changed his nickname from Evander Real Deal Holyfield to Evander Full Meal Deal Holyfield. (laughs) Evander No Ear Holyfield. (laughs) Yeah. Nah, mine, mine was more lame. Whatever. It was lame, man. Hey, by the way, the highest ticket price for UFC 295 and MSG, $112,236.80. That's insulting. I'm insulted hearing that number. I can barely buy a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring you one in tomorrow. Thanks, man. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. The show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lottery's main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. you got to go pick yourself up some Western Pizza tonight. It's fall, man. Fall's when you don't really feel like going outside and maybe barbecuing or even cooking inside your house. So you want to... Let's go get yourself a, a nice Western pizza. And, uh, yeah, Western pizza is, um, you can take a slice out of your September schedule and let Western pizza do the cooking. We're joined by Manny Arsenault. The Manny Show he used to be on our pregame show. He used to be a Rough Rider, now an Edmonton Elk. And, uh, hey, you guys have had a bit of a resurgence. What's the vibe like around there, Manny? <laughs> Man, just taking things one day at a time and just, um, Trying to find that consistency, man. That's about it. Well, uh, how can a guy like you help a guy like Trey Ford be consistent? Man, um, basically just take everything one play at a time and understand that it's really a process, man, but just finding ways just to, to stay locked in for 60 minutes when we're talking about game day. We just know it's going to have its ups and downs, but like what our coach preaches, to not flinch. And I think that's something that's been working in our favor as we've been playing a better brand of football by trying to eliminate the mistakes and um, and, and just trying to find ways to finish games. 
how much has your leadership, uh, I don't want to say changed, but how much has your leadership uh, been a factor, or in what ways have your leadership been a factor in, in helping uh, helping with the mood and, and keeping things on the rails? Because you're a lot better than your record would indicate. Yeah, uh, man, a lot of it's really not about me. Um, it's about the individual guys being able to witness and see veterans in the locker room put in the work day in and day out. And I know for the receiver room and with the quarterbacks, um, man, a lot of stuff we talk is more so about life, man, and what the grind is kind of about when guys talk with me. But for people to see me in the um, facility or out there on game day sacrificing my body or just going as hard as I go, that's kind of what gained the respect of the room and the guys around you because they figure OG is at year 14 doing the little things and going about it a specific way, so why can't I? And I know for these guys, my message to all them is just play longer than me, be better than me, and take advantage of the opportunity while you have it now. Because the thing about football, you never know when it's your last play. And and we being blessed to play a game right now, that's not even considered work because you're having fun and you love doing it. So it's just about maximizing these opportunities day in and day out. So 14 years, man, that is a long time. And it's a long time to be a skilled position player, a receiver. Um, that longevity, where does that rank in terms of uh, how proud you are of your achievements? Like in terms of your achievements, longevity right up there? Yeah, man. You know, availability is your best ability. And um, being a guy that, that had two um, season-ending injuries, man, I know not to take this game for granted and, and, and how fast the time can really fly by. But um, it's just about being durable, man. And that's the biggest thing. And that's the one thing you can't control because football is a physical sport. And, you know, injuries happen. Um, plays occur that don't work in your favor. But just showing up every day, man, and having that mindset and mentality to just um, find a way, not an excuse, and just to keep going, I think, has worked in my favor. And one of the biggest things, I think, that helped me more than anything is the whole be where your feet are. And um, and I kind of pride myself on that aspect of um, the mental side of things and how I prepare and how i kind of been going about my career after all these years is just being present and being in the moment embracing whatever role you you might have or whatever that might be and just trying to maximize it. So you talked about having two season-ending injuries. Uh, Aaron Rodgers goes down yesterday after a lot of hype, after only four plays. He's 39. Uh, You're a competitor. You know he's a competitor. From what you know about being a competitor, do you think he's going to give it a go and try to come back? Uh, He'll be 40 when he comes back from an Achilles injury. Right, and he's playing, you know, he's an elite athlete, played at a high level, future Hall of Famer, one of the best at what he he do. So it's all about which organization is willing to bring him back. And when you become a veteran guy, that's what a lot of it rides on, is finding someone that believes in you, your skill set, look at you as a locker room guy, also look at you as someone that can help the young players get over the hump, but also see value in you and understand what your skill set is. So... Knowing the competitor that Aaron Rodgers is, you know, a lot of people say what you said. He was 40. He should retire. He's old. But um, there's still some left in the tank. But it's all about him. Do he want to end this book with an injury or end it making a comeback story? 
get another snap. But I just know as a competitor, you always want to be able to lead the game, playing the game of football, other than having to end on an injury. So, you know, I think he make a comeback. You know, he's going to have a full year to really recover what he got injured, but the first couple of minutes you saying. So I think there's no rush, there's no pressure on him to returning. So I think he's going to have a healthy rehab and recovery. And why not come back ready next year to be behind center and play football? Two more questions for you, Manny Arsenal, and I thank you for taking time out of a, a game week, getting ready to play the Riders. That'll be my last question. This one, though, uh, a Grizzly veteran like yourself, Trey Ford's your quarterback now. Just talk about how you know how much of a dynamic athlete this kid is and, and the future you see for this young Canadian quarterback. Man, you know, Trey kind of do what Trey do. And, um, and, and look, the stuff y'all see, it's a first for me seeing when I'm out there on the field because I don't know that it's about to happen. Um, but it's just a blessing, man. You know, the guy have talent, you know, um, patiently waited it out, got his opportunity. And I think he's doing what any pro would do right now, and that's take advantage of it. But the way he's been able to extend plays, make things happen with his feet, man, that's just all God-given talent, man, and it's the, the, the want to. So, you know, where, wherever his game go, man, it's all about the work he's willing to put in and, 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 and whatever level he decides he want to take it to. You know, um, he put in the work, he studies, he stays um, afterwards late in there with the other QBs, and, you know, that room's kind of tight as they learning, you know, because they all young guys trying to get to that veteran status and hopefully be a household name in CFL. But, um, nah, he's working, man, and I give him credit for that. And, and some of the stuff that he's doing on game day, like I said, I don't know that it's about to happen until I'm out there blocking for him <laughs> and like, oh, boy, he pulled that one off. And then you come back days later and watch the film and be like, okay, <laughs> I guess I see what the people that's watching the TV see. But, um, yeah. nah, you know, he's just a guy that's been hungry and um, taking advantage of that opportunity. And, you know, in pro sports, it's next man up. So when your number is called and you tapped on the shoulder, you're expected to go out there and perform to the best of your ability. So, you know what, I applaud him for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, wherever this journey might take them, man, you know, I'm wishing them the best of luck, and I'm going to always root for them. All right, lastly, you guys are coming to Regina, play the Rough Riders. You must feel like you owe the Rough Riders one here. They kind of got away with one in your uh, in your uh, uh, home opener there when, uh, when it was the third down gamble, and then, of course, the Rouge game where they won by a single point here in uh, – in Saskatchewan, you got a chance to stay irrelevant, stay in the playoff picture. It's a big game for you guys, too. <laughs> yeah, man. What they say, football is a game of inches, and um, every blade of grass matters. And that's what those couple outings against them came down to. But um, it's about us, man. We just got to go in there and play um, elk style of football finish the game, and um, I think everything could take care of itself, but um, you know, coming into Mosaic is one of the best places to play. Hostile environment, the fans going to be into it. The game day atmosphere, if you ask me, is probably one of the best throughout the CFL since I've been in the, in the league. You know, that's been one of the places you don't want to play, but you love to play. So, um, for guys, man, if this don't get you excited, I don't know what will, but 
Um, you know, the Saskatchewan been playing a good brand of football, you know, and, and then doing their little thing. So it's about us, man, um, doing what it is we have to do, finding ways to stick together and finish this game. But I think it's going to be an exciting one. And like you say, um, the position we're in, man, every game matters, every rep matters. So we can't afford to take any plays off and um, find ourselves not finishing the football game if we're looking to stay in this playoff hunt and in this race. So I'm just excited to get out there, um, get to Mosaic, and just play a good brand of football, man. That's what it's about, just finishing the game, executing all three phases, and everything else to take care of itself. Manny, thanks for your time, man. Can't wait to see 84 on the turf here. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Take care. That's Manny Arsenault joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. I, I hope those Elks wear the those nice white pants on the unis. Yeah, those were nice pants. Those were white look. I like that. Anyway, when we come back, we will uh, have picked the score. Chance for you to go check out that game. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. My favorite clip of that Manny Arsenal interview is what he said. <laughs> Trey Ford just out there, and I don't even know what he do, man. <laughs> I don't know what he do, man. <laughs> uh, uh, seems like it is kind of background backyard football, isn't it? Like, you go to the red truck, if you're not open, run to the green goalpost, I'll run around, and I'll try to get it to you. It was like me on the Pee Wee Rams and Pee Wee. Well, that's, I didn't know the plays. I ran around. I was fast back well, I'm then. Glad, I'm glad you were on the Pee Wee Rams and not the Pee Wee Rams in Bantam. Yeah. Man, what is wrong with you today? Did you bang your head? Well, Pee Wee Rams. You said, as long as I... I reminds what did me, I, what did I do remi- wrong? It reminds me of when I was on the Pee Wee Rams in Pee Wee. Well, if you're the Pee Wee Rams, would you be in Bantam? Oh, I see. Oh, uh, yeah. No. I'm a little grumpy sorry. today. Sorry. Sorry, man. Sorry, I, but <laughs> I never know what he do. Hey, <laughs> I love Matty Arsenault. He's a great guy. Okay, so uh, let's get to these. Uh, it's been a little overdue with the Rider Audio. If you missed any of the show, like our snippet with Evan Johnson earlier, Rash Madani, uh, who else have we had on the show? We had Mike Hogan, Mike Kyle Hogan, McIntyre. Kyle McIntyre. It's been a load of Brian up. Raymond. Jeez, I lose track. We've already talked to six people. It's crazy, man. We do, we do more in three hours than most shows. Actually, we do more in two hours than most shows do all week. Mm-hmm. Not even a joke. No, it's not. Let's uh, talk to or listen to... Uh, who do we got for We got Micah Tights. Let's go cube. to Mike Tights. Micah Tights. Go, Mike. All right, I'm joined with the linebacker, Micah Tights. And Micah, I guess a game like that, is it just really easy, quick to, you know, rinse it, flush it out? Yeah, flush it and just look forward to the next week. You know, we don't can't have that stuff happen ever again, but, you know, we're just focused on the next week. When you look back at the film against the last, last week's game against Winnipeg, was it kind of a thing of trends that emerged on defense or was it just like a situation where something different kind of happened each play? You know, a little bit of both, something different trends with what they were liking to do. But, you know, we looked at it, we watched it, we got better, and it's on to the next one. Six more games for us. On to the next one, Edmonton. Now, even though this is kind of a different uh, makeup of team as Winnipeg, Winnipeg being a veteran-related team, they had something to prove. It's a little bit same mentality in terms of pressure and the fact that Winnipeg's kind of going to be aggressive in their nature with the fact they're a younger team, but they got nothing to lose as much. Uh, yeah, you know, we think they're, you know, they're a good team. They're, they're really, their back's up against the wall just on how they started the year. They're definitely improving. We see that on film. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the matchup. It'll be uh, nice to get uh, three wins, uh, three for three against Edmonton uh, this year. So that's always good. 
you guys have done a good job of limiting running backs in terms of running yards this year. I believe Caleb Evans is the only one who got over 60 yards. Uh, what's been your guys' success in terms of mobile quarterbacks this year? You know, we just uh, we don't like to, you know, as we see t some teams, you know, playing spies and whatnot. We like to just play what we do. And, you know, the D-line is on. We believe we have the best D-line in the CFL. So, you know, I think they do a great job of keeping him in the pocket. And if he does bust out, you know, it's our job as linebackers to, you know, either cover the guy that we're doing or be the next guy to tackle him. So I think we got a good game plan for, for them this week. What kind of different quarterback is Trey Ford as opposed to, say, like Taylor Cornelius? Yeah, he's he different for sure looking on film. I know lots of the guys from Ontario uh, have been kind of giving me pointers on him and how to handle him and stuff. He does look look uh, exceptionally fast, so it's just got to be about taking good angles and you know playing really smart fundamental defense and making him be a true quarterback. As a team, is it kind of display killer instinct with the chance of you know putting Edmonton kind of out of the race for third spot in, in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, this is our opportunity. Uh, Coach Dickey mentioned it at the beginning of our of our meeting this week. He was saying we got a chance to put teams out of the playoffs coming up here in the next six games, starting with this one. So it's uh, you can tell they're going to be ready for it, and we just need to have that killer uh, mindset of we wanting to put teams out. Sure, it's always special playing your Mosaic Stadium, but is it is even more special playing under the lights? What's going to be like on Friday? Yeah, it's awesome. I've played in a few of these lights ones before. My folks are coming up for it too, so uh, just you know, I'm uh, very grateful to be a rough rider and play for the fans, and uh, I think it'll be a good show for us. Just want to get your thoughts about, I guess, your understudy at linebacker AJ Allen. Just want, just your thoughts about how how his play's been at linebacker. Oh, yeah. He's a great player. He gets me, you know, we be playing. The, everyone plays a team that, uh, on linebacker, so I get tired. He comes in, he gets me some some reps off, and he's a phenomenal special teams player. I think he's third in the CFL in special teams tackle. So he's, uh, you know, trending the same way. You know, it seems like I was a special teams player just grinding up there, and you know, uh, he's he's doing really well though. All right, thanks a lot, Micah. Yeah, awesome. Appreciate it, Lane. Yeah. I'm like Micah Tights, um, but everybody on defense had a rough game. Um, good question by Blaine, too, because I really like how A.J. Allen's been playing, too, and spelling off Micah at times. Jake Dolagala has four touchdowns, one interception, two and one as a starter, only at 113 yards passing in that debacle of a game for everybody in Winnipeg, but here he is. Well, we came out here today with a lot of focus. I um, feel like we executed really well. And uh, we just got to take it one day at a time, one play at a time. Um, you know, it's nothing new to us. Um, but, yeah, we're just really focused on Edmonton and, and getting going. What feelings in, in the locker room does there have to be? You, you guys have done it before after Montreal, bounce back, really good game. So what goes in just mentally into a team to be able to do that? Uh, just just got to be locked in. Um, all our focus has got to be there. And, um, yeah, like I said, just one play at a time, one day at a time. Is it almost easier to flush a loss like that as opposed to, say, a one-point last-second loss? Or yeah, no doubt. Um, we're totally moved on. Um, Edmonton's just the only thing on our minds right now. So. What do you think of uh, Trey Ford? Have you had much of a chance to follow what he's been doing? Or you're... Yeah, I, from what I see, he's been playing really well um, at a really high level. They've been putting up some points. So um, we know it's going to be a battle. they got a lot to play for, um, but as do we. So um, I think it's going to be an exciting game. Um, but, yeah. I mean, props to him. He's been playing really well. There's Edmonton's defense. Is there aggressive nature? Jumps up. Is that one thing that jumps up? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, Jonesy, he does a good job of mixing it up, um, bringing different sorts of pressure. You know, they got a good front. They got, you know, some good backers, and uh, they play really solid in the back end. So they're a good defense, and, um, you know, we just got to be prepared for that. Well, how important it has been to have Trevor hanging around the team still despite him kind of rehabbing and everything and just having his kind of veteran presence around? I mean, it's been great. Um, like I said before, he's, you know, he's in there every morning with us, um, giving his two cents on what he's seeing, what he likes. Um, 
So yeah, it's in, it's invaluable. What's what's maybe something you you'd ask him? You're kind of a quarterback, handful of starts, and he's been around the league so long. What sort of advice you maybe look to to him for? Um, honestly, I just ask him what he's seeing um, throughout the week because I know he's watching the film, and um, obviously he's played a bunch of these teams before, and um, you know, asking him what he's done in the past that's been successful, um, what he sees, you know, from watching the last few games or whatever, just anything you know he's offering. Even though this is a pro game, is there still something special playing a Friday Night Lights game? Yeah, it's going to be a sweet atmosphere. Uh, I think it's the blackout game, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. That's Jake Dolagala. Be making the start here on Friday when the Riders take on the Edmonton Elks. Riders are three-point favorites. We'll be back. Uh, Sean Kleisinger had a chance to catch up with Glenn Suter, who had a tape his conversation today, and we'll also pick the score before the end of the show. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. 532 at the sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. I'll tell you what, I'm back on the Blue Jays train. Hey, I'm back. Just wait a minute. (laughs) You said you were done with them after they lost to Oakland. Back in a wild card spot, baby. (laughs) I'm here for the long haul now. They got smoked yesterday, 10 4 by Texas. What's the score now? Six nothing? No, it's no score. Bottom two, and the Blue Jays have a couple runners on the pond right now. Bottom of the two. Bottom of the two. How do you run on a pond? Uh, you know the got two ducks on the pond. Two it's like ducks a, on the pond, not runners on the pond. They got ducks, not runners. If they got runners on the pond, that's not a good Why are you side. so mean to me today? You're <laughs> this is ridiculous. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Red Shana Pats, 620 CKRM. And it's for the Canadian Brew House. Hit the patio with great deals on selected Corona products on special. And every Tuesday, enter to win a signature CBH Corona patio umbrella. So that would be tonight, as a matter of fact. Okay, so Zinger, uh, our first official broadcast with the third-year voice of the Regina Pats, Dante DeCary, hits the airwaves tomorrow. Tomorrow night, baby, 6.35 p.m. pregame show. Puck. Will drop shortly after seven. The Saskatoon Blades in town. Yeah, they've only got two games left to wrap up their preseason blades, and the PA. <laughs> That's your pat check. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, six twenty CKRM. <laughs> Zinger and I went in the studio, and that's me shredding in the back. I think that's what they call it in the music world. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a guitar. No? Oh, I think that might be a horn or something. Oh. Don't you remember when we taped this? <laughs> that's a guitar listen. That sounds like a horn, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Can I just get one thing right today? Hey, let's do this. Okay, so here's the deal. The Riders play the Edmonton Elks here. It's going to be a, uh, is it a 7 o'clock kickoff? 7.30. 7.30, pregame show at 4.30. That means we have to do a one and a half hour edition of the Sports Cage. I'll probably be doing that from the broadcast booth. So anyway, uh, that'll be good. Uh, 
So you could be there. All you got to do is call 936-6262 right now. 1-866-767-0620. Just take a live caller, huh? I'll take a live caller. Can we do that? Can you get that right? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I'll I'll try. Okay. There it is. There we go. Okay. Flashing. Mm, who do I pick? I'll here? just wait. Let, let it marinate yeah, here a second. Yeah. Who, what do you think the score is going to be, Zinger? I think it's going to be. Uh, dialed in. He's dialed. I am going to predict a uh, a twenty-eight to twenty-two Rough Rider win. Okay, I got twenty-six nineteen riders. Yeah, to go okay. to seven and six. All right, let's take this. Yeah, let's go. Uh, that's cool. Hi, who's this? This is Marilyn. Hi, Marilyn. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. You I'm sound, glad I got through. You sound very excited. You almost sound like you're getting chased, Marilyn. Are you okay? I'm very excited <laughs> when it's game time. Oh, wow. Yes. I love it, Marilyn. Uh, how uh, how excited were you the last game when we got absolutely you-know-what pumped? Oh, God. That was awful. I didn't even watch my tape. I, I taped it. I wouldn't watch it. No, it, it what did you? Too much. Well, what did you do during the game? You don't. You can't. Be, you can't bear to watch it live. She listened. <laughs> oh, she listened. She listened. That's what she did. I, I know where you're going. By the way, my mom's name's Marilyn, so I already feel like I'm tight with you, Marilyn. Oh, how nice is that? That's awesome. Okay, Marilyn. So. What do you think the score is going to be? Oh, man. Why do you put the pressure on me? Well, just pick. Listen, it doesn't matter what score you pick. You're going to win anyway. But what? But what what's going to be? Come on, Marilyn. Okay. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Let's go for 32. Yeah. 24 for... Oh, let's go for the Rough Riders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, you sound really excited. Who's your favorite, who's your favorite Rough Rider, Marilyn? Uh... You know what? All of them. <laughs> I knew you'd say that, Marilyn. I knew it. I knew yeah. it was coming. Just like your mom, just like my mom, I can predict it from a mile away. Okay, so Marilyn, here's the deal. 32-24. If right. that score comes up or you're the closest without going over, you've got yourself uh, a $200 gift card in addition to these rider tickets for the game on Friday against Edmonton. And then if you get that far and we give you the gift card, your name will be thrown in the next year. You could be going to watch a Rough Rider game in a luxury suite with three other people. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I know you'll take it. You sound really <laughs> excited. <laughs> what's the best? What's the? Is this like you, you won the tickets here before this? What's the greatest thing you've won in your life? Have you ever won anything else? Uh, no, just uh, bits and pieces of uh, whatever. A couple scratch tickets? A couple scratch tickets, okay. A couple scratchies? Well, you hang on the phone there, Marilyn, and my friend Sean Kleisinger will get your information, okay? Alrighty, I can do that. I hope you can. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get to Sean Kleisinger's interview with Glenn Suter to wrap the show up. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. That Jets-Bills game yesterday was the most watched game in ESPN's Monday Night History. 22.6 million people watched that game. Surpassing the uh, 2009 Vikings-Packers game that featured Brett Favre returning to Lambeau Field for the first time, which drew 21.8 million. The record audience peaked at 25.2 million between uh, 7 and 7:15 p.m. Eastern when Buffalo took a 10-3 lead. It's up 14% for from the Monday Night Opener last year. Um, Aaron Rodgers gone for the year with a torn Achilles. 
What do you think the Jets? What do you think the Jets do? Do you think they do you buy what Arash is selling? They're going to try to make a trade, maybe for like a Matthew Stafford. No, I don't. I, I think at this point it's just riding it out. It's Zach Wilson. Yeah, you got you, you got to see you know, Zach Wilson's a, a first round pick. This is his last chance for romance. But should, if you will. but should they? But should they go after Nathan Rourke? Just in a well, in a supportive role. Maybe maybe I'll ask Glenn Suter that. Maybe, but I I think I think uh, like they should. But Nathan Rourke, I don't think is really on the New York Jets radar right now. No, they want to win now, and it would take any quarterback. Doesn't matter if he's a veteran or not. Probably yeah. a good month to figure it out. Yeah. I just don't see that happening. Even though like he could probably you know give Nathan Rourke maybe. I don't know. Uh, a couple weeks, a month. Learn the system. Learn the terminology. You could put him out there. I don't and, think, and be I bet he'd be better than Zach Wilson. But I said, I said, uh, I think he would be. I said um, weeks ago the Bills would go on a decline, and they are. They don't look good at all. Yeah, we thought that this division was going to be really good at the start of the year, but I mean, after one week, it's kind of looking like maybe the Miami Dolphins are just going to kind of run away with it. I know you don't want to be over dramatic one week, but when you look at it, Did the you Jets see lost their quarterback. Yeah, the, the Bills, Bills are, might be on the decline, the, the, and then you got the Patriots. Just yeah. you know, they're just. And there. I wouldn't get too overly uh, doing jap- jumping jacks over the Miami Dolphins because two has got to stay healthy for a whole year. Their left tackle's already down, and the Chargers can't cover a JV football team right now. Like mm-hmm. the 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 uh, uh, a grade nine football team could go out there and beat the Chargers in the secondary right now. So I wouldn't get uh, overly excited there. You don't want to overreact too much, but yeah, going to be very interesting to see. How it shakes down. The Edmonton Elks have signed local kid Mark Corte, former Alberta Golden Bear. Uh, he's their center. They've signed him to a three-year contract extension. So he was already one of the high-paid linemen in the league, so they've given him a three-year extension. He and the Elks roll in here to take on the Rough Riders. 7.30 kickoff, 4.30 pregame show. We start things off with our uh, sports cage at 3. Uh, that's going to do it for my time, but uh, because Glenn Suter was busy today, he had a pre-taping interview, and our own Sean Kleisinger caught up with him courtesy of our friends at quality tire i'll talk to you later all right back inside the sports cage it's press coverage for quality tire with nine locations across saskatchewan qualitytire.ca with tsn's glenn Suter and glenn i guess we'll start in the nfl yesterday some horrible news i mean nightmarish type news for new york jets fans as aaron Rodgers towards Achilles and it just brings up the question I saw over social media today a lot of NFL players upset because NFL players having to play on turf and you look at it across the world of soccer soccer players like when the World Cup comes into town across North America here in 2026 all of those turf fields need to be removed replaced with grass they deserve the same thing. What do you make of that? What's the difference since you're a former player? You've played on both grass and turf. Do you feel like uh, players have a beef here? Well, yeah, I played on grass, turf, and concrete because <laughs> there was a <laughs> there was a time when Taylor Field was concrete, not really even turf. but uh, And there were a lot like that across the league. I remember playing in Iverwind Stadium years and years ago where that was a just a terrible surface. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's something that should be discussed and studied. I really do. Uh, there's just, there seems to be over the last five years, a lot of Achilles injuries uh, without contact, injuries that seem to be, you know, 
seem to have corresponded. And I, I, don't, I want to be careful here because there's a lot of companies that invest millions and millions of dollars in new technology and in fields and making those fields, mm-hmm. these artificial surfaces, as close to real grass as they possibly can. That was the idea, I'm sure, behind the pebbles, the little rubber pebbles in mm-hmm. the new artificial turf. It, it simulates that it's hard, it's easier on the body because it feels like grass. So I know there's there's been an innovation and new discoveries with regards to playing surfaces, and I'm certainly not an expert there, but I think that it has to be looked at and studied. There's just too many these days. Now, you know, the study may end up being, you know, Sean, that athletes and their and their training regimes and new sort of innovation in, in nutrition, and maybe it's pushing the body to, to, you know, levels that it just cannot, you know, bear. Like mm-hmm. maybe – Maybe muscle strength, fitness, and some of the training techniques are pushing the body to a point that the tendons and, you know, things like the Achilles tendon are, are under too much strain and too much pressure. I'm not sure what these studies will find out, but, you know, I think they need to be done. Now, if you want to change all the fields, we're talking about a tremendous cost. The NFL can do it with a blink of an eye from their petty cash drawer. Other leagues are going to have to do it over time, and if if that's what the studies say would be better for players. I, I will tell you, though, generally, most athletes would much rather play on natural grass, even if they slip occasionally, than on artificial turf. Yeah, and just speaking for, like, up here in Canada, that would be really tough to do because, well, last time I checked, it's pretty cold up here in the winter, so if every team had a grass surface, that would be... You know, like you said, that would be pretty costly, no? Yeah, absolutely. And the maintenance of the grass surface, you know, I'm not sure, probably doubles, triples, maybe even more when it comes to what you need as far as maintenance staff, maintenance equipment. You know, you can imagine a a frozen field in in, and how you want to maintain it. Remember um, when we played the Grey Cup in Edmonton? Mm -hmm. Now, that's an artificial surface, but the maintenance crew had trouble with the freezing, thawing differences over one night. And then on game day, it was like a sheet of ice. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of considerations here. And that's why in, in an area like this, you know, I don't think we should be doing tons of surveys and things like that when it comes to a lot of rules and stuff in our game. I do though think when it comes to these injuries and the more we're seeing uh, an in-depth look from all angles, not just the surface. Let's not blame before we know, but let's take a look at all angles of why these injuries are happening, where they're happening. Are they just special teams? The NFL has changed all kinds of rules in special teams and really eliminated the kicking game because they kind of feel like that's where you get hurt. I- I'm not sure that's true, yeah. honestly. I mean, I know it's to avoid some big collisions, but I just think, you know, we have to see the numbers as to whether or not that's where players get hurt. So the name of Nathan Rourke is being kind of thrown around now. He obviously has the talent. Like, I think the New York Jets should sign a guy like Nathan Rourke, but I just don't see that happening, unfortunately. I don't think the Jets are in the market for a guy with no NFL experience. They're more so, if they are going to be in the market, they're going to look at a guy like, I don't know, like Joe Flacco and such. But... uh 
no doubt, I think Nathan Rourke would be, you know, a pretty good fit to play with the New York Jets. But do you see that happening? Because I don't. No, I, I don't because of the – a little bit because of the bias, a little bit because they will look for experience first. Yeah. Um, you know, it depends on the coaching staff, of course, and their opinion on things. But I, I just – you know, I, I think every time we see a backup play this year, we're going to say the same thing. Nathan Rourke should be on that team. In yeah. fact, I think by week four or five of the NFL season, there's going to be a whole bunch of fans across the NFL that say, we need Nathan Rourke um, based on just his preseason alone. We need to look at Nathan Rourke because our starter isn't getting it done. I think you're going to see at least 10, maybe half the league where people will bring up his name. And, and I, I don't make predictions, but I, I'm just evaluating and analyzing that position from all the years of experience over the last 27 as a, as a broadcaster and, and, you know, 11 as a player. And I will say that if Nathan Rourke gets a real and true opportunity, he'll be on the Pro Bowl within a year or two. Yeah. He will. He'll be going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, he's he's that kind of skill level, and I I just you know I hope for his sake and his family because it's life changing money that he gets that opportunity. If not, we have open arms and welcome him back. <laughs> yeah, press coverage with Glenn Suter for Quality Tire on the Western Pizza Hotline, and I guess we'll talk about this game a bit, Glenn. Uh, man, what a game that was! The Labor Day rematch. I even forget the final score. I think it was fifty-one to six. But uh, what do you make of the game? I think we all knew it was going to be a tough game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because it always is the rematch in Winnipeg. But I don't think many people were expecting a fifty-one to six thumping. No, um, I, I don't think anyone expected that. I, that's always the toughest game, and it just is. And, you know, I, I don't know how many I played in, 11 or 10 of them. It might have been one year we missed, and I think maybe we won two. Um, and I'm not even sure how that happened because it is the toughest game of the regular season. I don't know if it's just a mind thing or it's – especially if you win on Labor Day, which, which often happens as well. So, you know, I, I just think – Usually I would say scrap it, throw it away. You got a big game coming up against the Edmonton Elks. This is a huge game in the standings because if you don't get this one, the Elks are back in the fight with maybe the most exciting player in the league right now in Trey Ford. He's worth the price of admission alone. Speaking of Nathan Rourke and another Canadian quarterback. Mm -hmm. But um, so, I, you know, I, I would think, there are things in the in the tape. First of all, people shouldn't blame Jake Dolagala in the offense. They never were on the field long enough to actually really get anything going. And you know, I think don't even don't even go look at that. They have to shore up some issues in run stopping, and that's been the same for a lot of defenses that leave uh, from Winnipeg after play, playing against Brady Oliveira. And um, you know the the rest of it. You know, I think you, you just take a quick look if you're the coaching staff for corrections. I'm not sure the players need to dwell on that tape or that video. Uh, move on to, to Edmonton because defensively, they're going to have their hands full with this athlete in Trey Ford. I mean, he 
he can make you miss in a phone booth to bring back an old cliche. Yeah. Well, that one run that he had, I, I can't remember, maybe last week or the week before, he like scrambled back 20 yards and ended up gaining like 50 yards on the play. i never seen anything like that. Maybe it was you, Glenn. You made a good comparison on the broadcast. It kind of looked like a Doug Flutie-esque type of play, just the way that he was moving around, because we don't really see that type of athleticism very often at the quarterback position. Yeah, no, I, I, and and I say, I say an old cliche because no one knows that are listening right now what a phone booth really is. But no, I know um, <laughs> <laughs> there's no such thing anymore. But you know, you're right though. Like that's what the comparison. I'm not comparing accomplishments or whatever. That's that's silly. He's in his what ninth start or seventh start or something. So Trey Ford is not Doug Flutie, but there are aspects of his game that you can make the comparison when he retreats and and creates distance between himself and the defensive linemen that are coming after him, he puts himself in space. And when he's in there, boy, I, I'm not sure there's a D lineman that can redirect to get to him. And, you know, he showed on a couple of short yardage plays too, where they doubled up on the edge to contain him. And he still got outside and outran the angles of two guys that were outflanking the tackle. So if you think about that, that's that's two players wide, and just through sheer speed and quickness, he got outside and beat it for a key first down. Um, the, and the, the 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 thing that's not measurable there is that he's given the Elks uh, a reason to believe. Again, not to blame Cornelius, but he's given the Elks for, on all phases a chance to say, hey, if we get one more stop and there's 40 seconds left, this kid might find a way. And and I think that's what was missing early, and now they have it, and that makes this team dangerous. So, you know, I, I think that it's a fantastic story, first of all, because he's a U-sports kid and is probably going to expedite the rebuild in Edmonton by two years mm-hmm. if he keeps playing the way he's playing, meaning it would have taken three to rebuild this team it might just take one because he is so exciting. There were 32,000 fans in the Labor Day rematch in Edmonton. They're there, and they got a reason to come out and watch now. Yeah, it's going to be one heck of a game Friday night. It's a 7.30 p.m. kickoff, and the pregame show countdown to kickoff will be on the air at 4.30 here on 6.20 CKRM. Are you doing the game on Friday, Glenn? Can't wait. Oh. I am going to, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I'm also equally as um, you know, looking forward to Jake Dolagala play again yeah. and, and, and play in a normal game where he gets a chance to actually be on the field and put some drives together. Cause I, I think he has a really bright future too. I I'm really intrigued by him. I, I like his demeanor. I like his mindset. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to watching him too. Thanks for this, Glenn. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Thank you, Sean.